Hey, you! Listen to this podcast right now! Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Like movies, music, television, and more? Oh my god. Well, you've come to the right place. Subscribe to Journey Into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophy, hosted by me, Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your choice. Yeah. This is a podcastrophy. That sounds so awesome. The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. Mmm. This is a tasty burger. You ever tried shawarma? Huh? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Is butter a carb? We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. gentlemen welcome to a very special episode of foodies watching movies it's season two episode 13 as always i'm your host nate and as always joining me is the lovely veronica welcome back well thanks how's it going pretty good pretty good it's just me and you today we are sans ap and lauren ap's on a mission today he is because well he was on a mission saturday i guess is the way we'll time travel speak this because we're recording this Saturday. Oh, yeah. AP is at AMC Theater all day. He got there at 10 this morning. He will leave at 10 o'clock tonight. He is watching seven of the Oscar noms or five of the Oscar noms today, mm-hmm. which include like three billboards, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour. And how much is all that costing him? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what he said it was. He said it wasn't bad, though, because it's like a... They you get like a pass or something. They offer it as a special. And then the cool thing he was saying, and I think he said this to us on one of the podcasts, I'm pretty sure. That, uh, when a terrible you, memory. Yeah, I know, me too. But when you go, you can bring your own snacks. You dress in like pajama type stuff because you're going to be there for a while. Get <laughs> and you like, have a pajama party at the theater? Kind of, yeah. And then, there's like, and then there's like 15 minute intermissions between the movies where you can stand up, pee, do whatever you got to do, and then go back into it. So it's like a special mm-hmm. screening of all these Oscar movies. Gotcha. One of which we're going to be talking about today. Finally. A, a, a lot. I'm Finally excited. we get Absolutely. to talk about this movie. So and then also shout out to Lauren. She wasn't feeling the best today, and I was like, Man, "We love you, Lauren. Just stay home, feel better. Like, don't get out in She'll this cold, shitty weather." She'll be joining us for the, the Oscar one. Oh yeah, we're doing a big Oscar special for fourteen. That's right, and mm-hmm. that's going to be Oscar night. We're going to do a party, watch it, and then talk about it, and then head home. It's going to yeah. be a late, long, crazy night. This will, yeah, it'll be. We're going up to AP's neck of the woods, right? First time ever. Yeah, yeah. first time ever. So that's pretty exciting too, actually. Um, Road trip. Because I've always said like. Man, we really want to come up and do a show, but like logistically, it's easier for one person to come down than for three or four of us to go up. Right, right. Um, but then it just—it's going to work out this time, and I think it's going to be pretty cool and a lot of fun. Uh, we we watched a, like a show on Netflix today that was cool that we're going to talk about. Yeah, we have a lot of little things we could talk about today. I have some news. Okay. I mean, we have... New business. New business. We could start wherever you would like to start today. So where do you want to kick this thing off? Do we start at the movie we watched? Do we start with the show, food, you know? Well, I think 
Okay. We did have so we euros. Were, we were talking about what we wanted to eat for lunch today when originally everybody was, you know, we were planning on still having the podcast all together and whatnot. <clears throat> but we were talking about having tacos, like El Guero's tacos, which we talked about on the last time, or the last time everybody was here. And we were thinking it would be funny play on names like uh, Guillermo del Taco or El Guero's del Toro, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we watched uh, The Shape of Water today, finally, for the first Man. time. Whoa. Wow, that was a really good movie. Uh, let's just start there. Sure. We, you well, start first, I, I guess I'll preface by saying we didn't end up having tacos. We ended up having euros. Yeah. Um, another place that we really like that actually delivers to us. Euro. Which, y- the stuff pa- <laughs> How are you going to say it? Guillermo, Euro, Euro. I'll, I'll figure it out. I, I said it earlier. Yeah, the taco one worked better. Yeah. Oh wow. Giro del Toro, Giro. Greek tacos. We had Greek tacos today. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We did have Greek tacos today. It was yeah, uh, the stuffed pepper in uh, Hammond, Indiana. Pretty good. Crazy shout out to that place. It was so flavorful and tasty, and, and the fries were actually crispy, and they were delivered, and that's what? Uh, a rare feat in these these here parts. They didn't forget the pop. True, and we got plenty of extra feta, (laughs) which is important. It's uh, it was my first time, I think, actually having stuffed pepper. Usually, you guys order that carry out when I'm not home. Yeah, because we never feel like driving. You're like our chauffeur. (laughs) Of course, we're all up here. Well, I mean, you know, that's just how it goes. I like driving you guys around. So, uh, you know, we decided to go with the euros today, and. You've had them before from there, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of consistently good. you have a learned opinion. What do you think of the talk or the of the heroes from the stuffed pepper? I like them. I think they're pretty good. The pitas are always like warm and toasty. I love how they um, put everything uh, together in their little carryout boxes. Everything's neat and tidy and orderly, which I appreciate because I'm a freak. And the one thing that I would change is I, I'm not a big red pepper fan or red onion fan just because it gives me heartburn. I mean, I like the flavor. I like the spiciness. I like the crunch, but I get like mad heartburn. The after effect is just like, oh, yeah. God, if I was going to put your or onions on my ears, I'd want them to be like Vidalia onions. Oh, that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, but they'd have to be raw. I'd love to go that route. We had the fries and there was some hummus. and Ooh, and the seasoned fries were so good and crispy. Then I would put that, uh, have we talked about the Frank's Red Hot Sauce on the show yet? I don't know. I can't remember. I have a terrible memory. So We've established that. The honey sriracha, or not, no, it's not honey No, it's, hun- it's garlic. It's honey garlic hot get, sauce. Get that, I'll get it out of the fridge. You, you get me. it. You get it out of the fridge. I'll keep discussing. So anyways, we use this sauce on like everything. It's the most um, multi-purpose. It is the um, blood type O of hot sauces because it goes with everything stinging honey garlics hot sauce from red hot oh my god it'll change your life and we've put only that ha- shit on everything we've only had this bottle i want to say two and a half weeks and we're halfway through it yeah so it, it literally goes with everything chicken yeah. the goes chicken with it. was really good rice we, goes with it I did, we dipped our french fries in it today french fries were delicious it has like an it could it could be like asian it could be a it could be anything. It's it, the perfect condiment. It really is. And you know, we also well have done. another sauce by these guys we haven't cracked open yet, which is the sweet and sour hot sauce. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried um, that one yet. No, we haven't at all. It's still locked up mm. with the seal on it. You know, I, I've kind of been in the mode lately when I go to the store, and I don't know if this is something you do, but when I go to the grocery store, um, especially with how much I'm like into hot sauce now, 
Uh-huh. If I see something that's cheap or something I know I'm going to like or something that was maybe featured on Hot Ones, mm-hmm. uh, I go and I get it because usually hot sauces are like a dollar fifty. Yeah. Like until you get to the really crazy specialty brand of hot sauce that are trying yeah. to murder your insides. It's like a niche market. And let's talk about that for a second because I had a horrible fucking experience with hot sauce oh, yeah. last please, weekend. Please recount the story. I did this for you all so you could all hear about how horrible it was. You were a fucking champ. Yeah. Uh, so I No guess hesitation. I, I, I just did it. I, I guess I should kind of start the story and lead up to the part of the story where you jumped in and got crazy. I didn't get crazy, but you can tell you the story. You did jump in and get crazy. I was not expecting that. That was like... <laughs> it, it, and I'll it, never fucking do it again. If there How about were, that? If there, no, no, it was a good thing. I'm just saying it was like, it was a, it was a, um, if I could give a letter better than A for effort, like, you know, I don't know if you've played like a lot of Capcom games. When you do perfect, you get an S, not an A. Does it look like I played a lot of Capcom games? Yes. <laughs> Actually, busted. You do, because you have. Uh, like Street Fighter Called and stuff, out. you know? That's okay. fine. All right. So anyways, we uh, we were down in Brando's Neck of the Woods to see Black Panther. We had the network meeting and all these things were going on. You and Sarah and I decided we were going to grab some food before we went and saw Black Panther. We Which was went. excellent, by the way. The movie or the food? The movie. Both. The food was good, but I couldn't taste it after what happened. Okay, okay, okay. We're getting there. So we both ordered the... We ordered a split beer cheese pub sub sandwich thing yeah it was steak and beer cheese firehouse and, sub. like onions and shit yeah Ooh, it was good it was really good it needed to be on a pretzel bun though firehouse subs just saying i agree with that wholeheartedly i think that that would be the one way to level up that sandwich because right. it was close it was almost like the perfect sandwich it was but almost the bun there. was a little bit soggier than i think i would have liked it right because there was so much freaking sauce on it and it needs a heavier is heavier really heavy and pretzel bun all the exactly way. so we're sitting there eating and i was probably maybe three or four bites, three quarters of the way done with my sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I take big bites. Yes, you do. And uh, I looked over, and, and the cool thing about when you go to Firehouse Subs is they have a counter pot sauce. Yeah. It's like, hey, come try these hot sauces. That's and, nice. And they don't just you like... Have a select variety and they hot sauce. And they don't blind bag you, right? Mm. They actually number them so you can know how fucked up you're about to get. Right. And it's like one to ten. So I always go to when we go to Firehouse. I always look for the tens, and I try I whatever. You're gonna make a spinal tap joke and say eleven. Oh well, I, you know they don't have an eleven, but I really wish they did. But they probably <laughs> would have to like make people sign waivers at that point, and they like yeah, yeah. they get their limit of hot sauce, which maybe they peaked their limit with what happened. But anyways, um, so I look over and I see a ten, and I'm like. <gasps> I have to try this 10. And I run over, and I don't remember what the sauce was. It was just some new hot sauce I would not even ever heard of. Hold on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try this. And as I'm looking at this bottle of hot sauce, my eye catches another 10. But I immediately know the hot sauce and desperately need to have it in my life because it's the second hottest sauce on Hot Ones. It's my favorite Mad Dog 357. I have had the Mad Dog 357 Silver Label, which is 750,000 Scoville units. This hot sauce is 357,000 Scoville units. That's why it's Mad Dog 357, right? Correct. So I, of course, bring it over, and I was like, oh, my God, you guys, you'll never believe what I found here. In the wild. In the wild. Here's Mad Dog 357. And this is from Hot Ones, uh, First We Feast show that we like to watch yeah about on youtube yeah. uh which actually featured interestingly enough here's a weird correlation oh yeah michael, michael b jordan, jordan was yeah. the guest on this past episode last week uh, of course there'll be check a new it out episode on youtube it's pretty funny every thursday absolutely so um 
we go and we get, you get I, the 357. I, I, I picked the Mad Dog 357 and I just put like a, a decent dab on my plate thing, whatever foil, whatever the fuck parchment paper thing it was. Your plate. And I dip my sandwich and I go for it. And there's still a sizable amount of sauce. And you just dipped with no hesitation. That was stupid. Wow. I was so impressed. Like, legitimately, I was like, holy shit, she does not realize what she got into. Because I was already deep in it at that point. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's not about to have a fun time. No, and I didn't. I did it because I wasn't thinking. I was just like, Mad Dog 357. I watch Hot Ones. I'm just going to fucking try it. And I did. And I was like, okay, that was really oh. stupid. You just you like, did the Eddie Chung thing. Well, I you knew that it was going to be hot and that it was going to be horrible, but no fear. You didn't respect the sauce. No. Well, and now you do. That I don't respect that sauce. It's not fucking food. <laughs> it's not real food. I don't respect that sauce. It's not No, it was horrible. It burnt the whole side of my tongue. So like, I guess I should preface by saying cuz I'm an idiot, you know, I'd bit my tongue a lot while I sleep. And oh, so yeah. like my tongue was kind of hurting anyway. And then it just lit it on fire, you know? Amplifies the pain and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, and then I couldn't taste the rest of my food and it was still hurting by the time we got to the movie theater like half, like 20 minutes later, half hour later. And um, yeah, I I didn't like it and I won't do it again. I loved it. I thought the flavor was great. There was no flavor. There was flavor. It smelled really good too. Immediate stink. That was the thing. Like... I smelled it because you were like, uh, are you sure you want to do that? Because I like just dunked my fucking sandwich in it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's no big deal. It smells good. And then I did it and I was like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> I started sweating. I started like hating myself. And I was like borderline starting to panic because I was thinking that it wasn't ever going to end. And the pop wasn't helping. My, my bready ass sandwich wasn't helping. Yeah, you can't escape the Ooh. sauce once it's in there. And no, the, cra- the crazy it thing was in is, there good. You have it to think me. though. You have to. Re- you have to like. I have to give props to you because that is a legit fucking hot sauce. Yeah, that shit was legit. And <laughs> let me tell you, the hot sauce is not like it's one thing when it's in your mouth at first. Mm-hmm. The real pain starts once it goes down your throat because you feel the burn go right. down your throat. Right, and then your eyes start. My eyes started watering. My nose started running. I was sweating a lot, and uh, it was. I mean, it was a sizable amount of sauce, which I shouldn't have done. I should have just did a little tiny dab. You did little dabble, little do dabble, ya? Do ya? I know, yeah. right? But I was just thinking, fuck it. This is for the podcast. I'm gonna do this for you guys. So I hope you appreciate my efforts. And you can see uh, my happy face about it on our Instagram. <laughs> you are not very happy. <laughs> I was not I, happy. I, I, I loved taking that picture of you. I know because you did. It was just like <laughs> my misery. The, the regret and the remorse. And then like sometimes. No regrets. Let me just say. And if I'm I not, had never done it, I'd still do it again. This is not um, an episode of Butt Stuff Podcast every other Friday on the Journey into Comics Network. Cheap pop. Um, but I just want to say that once it gets in your digestive system too, like it made me feel <laughs> awful for like two days really, oh my God. i had to make that joke yeah cheap pop and i did the reference and i did the plug all at once it was just yeah shout out to butt stuff podcast they're great we love, we love you joanna yeah. and caitlin you guys are the best yeah keep doing what you do over there and laugh off the mic if you're gonna laugh pull back <laughs> that's all i can say for you guys but anyway we were talking about hot sauces oh yeah we were i'm I not totally a fan of them anymore that. i'm not that i was really to begin with i don't do well with spicy food but i think you could handle almost any sauce now now that you did that like i call bs if you 
are saying like stuff is too spicy because you just did legit spicy. Right. But I still have a threshold of what I enjoy. I'm not going to, I'm not the type of person that's going to eat hot sauces like that just to say that I did or like just to get more and more extreme. When I'm eating something, I'm intentionally choosing what I'm putting into my body. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. If I'm going to be, if I have to die someday, I want to uh, eat the shit that I know I'm going to enjoy. Totally. I eat hot sauces because I do enjoy them. And it's like when you try something as hot as Mad Dog 357 Silver Label and it's almost a million Scovels. Mm -hmm. And when I got into this game, 50,000 Scovels scared me. And I'm like, wait a minute, 50,000 Scovels, that's a joke. Like, Doyle, your hot sauce is just delicious. There's no heat behind it. It doesn't fuck me up. Ooh, Doyle you know? from the Misfits has an incredible hot sauce that I'll vouch for. I think it's that's very been Italian. On, I think we featured it I on I think we did talk about it before point. when yeah. we first got the bottle of it when it came out originally. Been it was good. A couple times over. I'm not like a huge hot sauce fan, like I said, but there's some sauces that, you know, I wouldn't even qualify as like a hot sauce, you know? Totally, absolutely. Man, more of a condiment. Like this uh, Frank's sting and garlic shit we've been eating a lot. Yeah, and actually it's funny because... I wouldn't say it's a hot sauce. I didn't realize that the motto... What does that motto say? <gasps> I put that shit on everything. Why do you think I've been saying it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. It goes on everything. This is so good. Yeah. It's it's a great sauce. Um, it is. And it kind of has almost like a teriyaki, soy saucy base like base but then it if it could it, go it, like i said it could go asian it could go thai it, i mean you could literally you could put, put it on tacos, anything you could put it on we steak. put it on sticky rice remember that that oh, was good yeah that is super tasty with a little bit of like cracked pepper and some salt that was yummy mm-hmm, absolutely well let's get back to where we were going so we ate the euros which today. i'm now like getting heartburn from you're like oh lasai why totally you worth it onions? absolutely <laughs> totally worth, worth it, it. So we did that, and then you and I finished watching The Shape of Water. Yeah. What did you think? Oh. So as you'll probably remember when we were watching this movie, I kept saying like, okay, so it's like somebody tailor-made my perfect movie just for me. Like this movie is just for Veronica. <laughs> it had a little sprinkle of everything you love. Oh, I mean, it, it was had... so rewarding you gotta to think. watch. T- time it's set in what you assume is the 1950s timeline you actually yeah, like never mid, like 60s mid-century america you know oh my god it was so good absolutely and uh we're gonna be doing like some light spoilers yeah i would say there's mild spoilers because if you haven't seen the shape of water then you probably shouldn't listen for like the next few minutes i would say at least give us 20 check in <laughs> at least che- 20 minutes check in at 37 or so and if we're still going on about it i don't know where this podcast is going we're kind of off the cuff today it's weird when we lose the reins of our co-hosts because Typically, when the co-hosts are with us, we're a little bit more uh, we organized. Like, we have to organize because <laughs> right. they we have to helm the ship with uh, everyone. Exactly, and then like now we're just like, oh, we're vets. We can just roll through it. Let's just make it up on the sly. And I, it's, I don't know about that. I'm, just I'm a vet. I can say, I guess, it's fair <laughs> enough. I'm over 200 podcasts lifetime, so that's Ooh. that's pretty cool. That is cool. That is really cool. I'm actually, anyways, <laughs> anyways. So uh, this movie just had like. It has nostalgia. It's set in a '50s setting. It has the music of the '50s. You have it's like it's the perfect little period piece movie fairy tale. Sally Hawkins plays a mute girl and does an amazing, amazing job throughout the entire movie. She's the star of the movie. She's great. Kills it. 
no, it's it, it makes me curious now. You think about our Oscar noms and who we picked. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to go back and put Sally Hawkins for Best <laughs> Actress because she killed it. She was great. I mean, for she her role, so what she had to do, playing a mute character, and then to have... Mute janitor. Uh, what? She's like oh, she's a mute janitor at, yeah, at a, this facility. Yeah, this weird testing facility, government-based facility. immediately captures a merman. Yeah. Ooh, and, and Michael Shannon's in it. He's the villain. He's but, the, the, mon- the real monster of the movie. I tell you, he... I, I almost very convincing as a villain. He, if they would have made him like that version of him, Zod and Superman, like in Man of Steel, I think that movie would have been even better. It always like, comes back to heroes. I don't mean to. <laughs> I don't mean to. But that's where I know Michael Shannon That from. was another thing I found incredibly refreshing about watching this movie with you is that it wasn't a goddamn superhero movie. Sorry. It was nothing against the superhero movies and the MCU and the DCU, whatever. I loved this movie because it was so like different from what I've been watching lately. It was the perfect little fairy tale. It was so like almost French in its like Amelie. You actually said that too. I was like, Oh my God, this is so Amelie, which I loved. The music was incredible. It was romantic. It was so sweet. It was bittersweet. It was sad and tragic and everything. And I loved it. Epic. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. It was, and and like I said, it, it was really rewarding. The ending was like, I couldn't have wrote this movie better myself if I were going to write this movie. Guillermo del Toro uh, killing it as a director. He wrote it. it. He wrote it. He produced it. He directed it. it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did everything. This man is incredible. I know we've talked about Guillermo del Toro many times on this podcast, but I can't like say enough how much I really love his work and his artistic vision and just the worlds that he can create and the escapism of it all and the... I don't know. I love it. I know I've mentioned before on the podcast, I think, when I went to L.A. Um, a couple of years ago, we went to the LACMA and saw the Guillermo del Toro exhibit they had. And it was so cool. Maybe I'll post some pictures. You should post some yeah. retrospective pictures. He on has so much cool shit. It was all personally curated from his own collection of shit, of stuff, you that know. he has. And he's yeah. a, I mean, you know, it's cool because the whole movie is this story of Captured Beast in captivity, you know, a, um, what do you call that? Uh, is it a Florence Nightingale? Is that what that was called? What? What is that called? No, that's not right. I'm trying to help me here. It's when, um, Stockholm syndrome, right? When like a patient falls in love with the thing. With its captor? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, except this, except this creature wasn't his captor. No, I know. I'm, I'm saying it's similar to the fact that they were both kind of captive, Mm-hmm. In their own regards. Mm-hmm. She's stuck in this job. Prisons in their own body. Exactly, exactly. She's in this job and she can't get out of it. And she's mm-hmm. not looked at as an equal because she's mute. And... I don't think any of that really bothered her. I think she just well, needed somebody to uh, communicate with like as her equal. I don't correct. think she needed... Yeah, this movie is so cool. It really makes you think about a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm enjoying because... Watching a lot of the same movies over and over with the same formulas can get really repetitive and mind-numbing, and it doesn't really make you think. But this movie definitely does. This movie has you on your toes the whole time because you think you kind of have an idea of what's probably going to happen. Because we live in such a cynical, awful fucking world. And all of these... Sorry, I'm getting a little impassioned. It's okay. (laughs) No, well, we were talking about this earlier, where I think that um, one of the things I liked about this movie was that 
it was rewarding to the to the viewer like i got totally engrossed in this story i wanted to know what was going to happen i kind of i i was just kept thinking like oh please let it end how i want it to end please don't don't fuck me over don't make me cry don't make me hate this movie and they didn't It, it ended exactly how i wanted it to end and it was perfect absolutely this Uh, was a masterful masterful movie let's go over a couple things you already said the music was fantastic i agree with you wholeheartedly i love that there was dancing in this movie and a lot of little little, musical number tap dancing yeah yep yep uh the stair tap dance thing was cool and then she kind of like walked down the hallway and got into it herself which is neat you know people are weird there was a like 30 seconds in a masturbation scene that i did not see coming i wasn't ready for that and that's not a pun (laughs) (laughs) you know like um it was just like this movie was all over the place but to sew together like there were so many things weaving in and out of this story there's like a russian story that could almost subversively a lot of different individual plots but they all worked so perfect together to tell this overarching story like uh, and the character development for everything was like really on point like there was nothing i would complain about this movie so music is awesome cinematography was fantastic how this thing was shot was so beautiful the way using the lights and the darks and the colors and then uh, really being vibrant about certain things being able to also mix the world with the tone of water and i don't mean that as like but just like how they used water to effectively tell their story throughout visually this movie was beautiful they also trick us because the opening scene of the movie I think is planted to make you think that's how the movie's going to end. Right. And it, spoiler alert. Well, it kind of does in a different roundabout kind of way, I suppose. I guess that's up to interpretation, really, how it ends. That's what's so cool about this movie. The more I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about it, it's like, shit. Like, uh, and you know, and interestingly enough, we should mention this too, because, and this is no slight against anything that happened on the last episode of Foodies, but AP brought up a very good point. Okay. As a, show foodies watching movies we need to sit down look at the movies we've reviewed and then actually decide where those reviews really how they balance out because like get out is our shining star five everybody gave it the same score of a perfect score that means princess bride no offense can't be a perfect five it can be a four nine two it wasn't though, was it? Well, for you and Lauren, it was. Yeah, but it wasn't for you and everybody. Correct. Else. So it's going to balance the average. But that's what I'm saying. We need to literally find where everything. Like, you want to do the math at some point, not today on the show. Well, God no. That's your business, um, not mine. I will totally. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm a statistician. That's what I do. Uh, yeah, you so, deal with uh, that, and uh, I won't. Back to this movie, uh, Richard. What was it? Richard his? Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Uh, amazing. He was so great. Yeah, he plays a really cool role. And uh, I loved his side story of trying to fall in love with the dude at the diner. And yeah, like, there's a lot crush. of weird shit in this movie, man. And you just get snapped back to him. It's really, and yeah. that's another thing. You know what? Let me tell you that. That's Every one character thing. has its own tragedy. In some ways, I feel like Guillermo del, am I saying that right? Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro wrote this almost as a surrealist piece on modern society because it touches on so many themes i mean literally religion you have religion um love sexual misconduct the the male psyche correct you've got uh intense stuff very intense stuff but i mean then you have like um 
there was some racism in the movie mm-hmm. that like brings you back into and the sexism like, and, and you know and and I mean homophobic uh, tendencies mm-hmm. and, and stuff. It was like very this much. This movie had everything. It, it, and it really was so is tastefully done in every single way. Like, oh, you never once are like, man, they're trying to say something, but really the whole time they're saying something. Right, because it was it's like really... an allegory. That's why it's a perfect fairy tale. Correct. Exactly, exactly. And that's one thing. Uh, at the very beginning of the movie, there's like a, a vocal track. I think it's Richard Jenkins speaking. And he's saying about this story and he's talking about these characters that you haven't, we haven't been introduced to yet. Right. And he mentions the monster that tried to destroy it all. Right. And you assume the monster, I did just at the very beginning, I assumed the monster was going to be the beast that the, you see the in the, the merman. In, you know the, the, f- the way they made that merman, which was played by Doug Jones, who's awesome, incredible. Abe Sapien, Silver Surfer, he's done it all. Yeah, you. Everybody in the world has probably that have that watches movie has seen Doug Jones and something, yeah. whether you knew it or not. Absolutely. But he was yeah he played the merman in this movie, and I thought they did such a great job of like making it like. A handsome creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, like it was yeah. so like fifth, like that that beam Hollywood looking thing, but it was like Pract- oh, practical. It was effects. so good. Yeah, the practical effects were incredible. I loved that. I love that it wasn't all like CGI. Uh, it also had a hint of even though this movie is set in the fifties, the creature or sixties, the, the creature that you are that Doug Jones portrays. Uh, He's also really futuristic, too, because the way the light moves through him. Yeah, he's got, like, bioluminescence. I don't know if that's necessarily futuristic, but because he's an amphibian, you know? I guess that's true. And, like, there's bioluminescent fish in the ocean and whatnot. That is true. But he has, like, regenerative healing powers and all these things. and So cool. This was, like, Splash uh, meets Amelie. (laughs) Meets Hellboy. Meets Hellboy. Oh, my God, yes, that's the perfect thing. It was Splash meets Amelie meets Hellboy. Yeah, because there's some, you know, the really uh, monstery stuff from Hellboy. And, th- and man, and this movie is interesting, too, because it makes you... I think the thing I took away from this movie, ultimately, was, like, at the end of the day, we're all people, too. Like, it should no longer be, like, you're a chick, I'm a dude. You know, you like this, I like that, whatever. It should be, you're a person, I'm, I'm a, a person. I'm a human, you're a fish. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not really where I was going with it, but I was more saying that... Um, we as creatures connect on a deeper, deeper level. Universal language of love. Yeah, and that's really what this movie was about. So yeah, it, it was, was very sweet. I loved it. It was, it was sweet. So uh, you got to look at the actors. I thought the acting was great in this movie. The direct- Michael Shannon was the villain, as I mentioned. He was so good on Boardwalk Empire, which you never watched. No, I haven't. We'll, we'll watch that at some point because yeah. I never finished it. Oh, okay. It got a little that depressing. has uh, Steve, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, mm-hmm. love me some Buscemi. Season one of Boardwalk Empire is where it's at, man. It's so good. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Okay, so I want to. He played ask- the same kind of character. Oh, Michael Shannon did. Yeah, he always plays these really tortured, like male, really male characters. Where alpha, I try to like understand that kind of masculine perspective of a man's man, and it's probably all coming from like his man's man father, you know, and the the religiousness of his characters when they're like villains is always so like he's just so sure and so devout and so like self fucking righteous, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a really good actor. He kills it. He, he absolutely it. did. Yeah. 
so I will ask it right out the gate of all the different scenes and stuff that was happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. What one scene kind of stole it for you that you just like, you kind of just like think back and you're like, man, that was really cool when that was going on. Cause there's a couple different things that I really enjoyed. Yeah, there was a lot about this movie that I really enjoyed. I kind of want to talk about the things that I didn't enjoy. Oh, sure. Are there a couple I, things? Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I enjoyed ev- almost everything about this movie, and I don't really want to talk about that because it was everything, and that would take forever. Okay. <laughs> Every scene in this movie was great. There was a few things that um, didn't. I'm going to complain about only because of my uh, sensibilities, but there is a lot of, like, Pan's Labyrinth level, like, blood and gore. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. And what I mean by that, I don't mean like an excessive amount or anything. I mean, it was like when it happened, it was so like startling and like, oh, why do we have to? Wrenching. I don't want to see that. Oh my God. You know? Um, Yeah. There's a couple moments like that too. Um, And again, we said mild spoilers. So if you're, if you're this deep in, I'm not giving, they still have six minutes to not hear the spoilery stuff. So of those scenes, we're going to spoil in three, two, one. There's a cat that gets its head eaten. Yeah, uh, Pandora gets her head eaten by the the creature, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't know any better. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. That was sad, but it was almost like played off as comic relief with Richard Jenkins. A little character. bit. Yeah, I, the scene I was referring to though was when Michael Shannon pulls his fucking fingers off. Oh yeah, that was fucking <laughs> brutal. God. So earlier oh. in the movie, like um, probably 15 minutes into the movie, the creature bites off Michael Shannon's uh, last two fingers. His Which pinky, I was not expecting. Ring. And uh, so that's kind of a theme is that they, they find him and they try to sew him back on, but they're not really taken to his body. They're turning darker colors throughout blacker. the they're movie. They're infecting him. They're making him sick. They're smelling bad. <laughs> they're like, smelling bad. Like all the things that <laughs> Ew, are gross. And he uses it as an intimidation method and just oh, pulls man. him right off. He does, And too. you know, it's like, okay, this guy is not coming back from this. Unfucking hinged. And then the movie just gets, you know, predictably crazy and... But unpredictably crazy, too, because the things that were happening, like, okay, there were some of those things that I thought, oh, that's how it's going to go down. Like, oh, shit. Murdude took a couple, you know. Uh, yeah, but they, they like, planted in throughout the movie the correct. Easter eggs of, like, lulling you into this sense of security. So you're, like, revved up for something awful to happen. But then when the movie ends just the way you want it to, it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> astonishing. Um, so far, we've only seen two of the Oscar nom movies. We're trying to catch up before I know. the official we, thing. Yeah, At least Best Picture. We want to try to get as many of those down before the official yeah. Oscars. Life is busy. Uh, it is. It's very busy, especially running a network and having a band and having a life and kid and all these things we do. we got a lot of stuff going on in the world, you know? Yep. So uh, overall, we got to rate this movie at some point. And I think I've been holding off. Is Okay, also I wanted to mention the gore, the unhinged gore that was out of nowhere. Was that the only thing that you found flawed in the movie, which was just more of a made you feel uncomfortable in the movie? Yeah. And, and you know what? It didn't even really make me feel uncomfortable. It's like, because I can handle those kind of movies, you know. I like horror movies. I'm in a horror punk band. Absolutely. I, I can handle it. It's just the juxtaposition between like the very Frenchness of what I was watching and then all of a sudden there's a fucking hole in a dude's cheek and whoo. Oh, yeah. That, it was just unsettling. Sure. Like, oh, ew, excessive. 
But I guess you need it, you know? You do because it makes the sweetness of the story even better when there's, right. there's, uh, it's drenched That's in that. That's why it's Guillermo del Toro. Exactly. Right. It's drenched in that reality and that darkness and that, like, life is pain, mm-hmm. essentially. And then it evolves and it levels itself up to be this bigger story. So when you see the bigger picture of the story, those little dark moments, while they suck, like, they made the end, the payoff, so worth it that you're like, yeah. oh, it was very satisfying Fuck movie. Yeah. Everybody and got I, their just desserts, I think. I well, I just I think that it ended. It was beautiful. It ended exactly how I wanted it to, and I I was like, I'm not gonna cry during this movie. Blah blah blah. And then at the very end, you know, the last scene and the poem that was being voiced over, I was like, God damn it! Right in the feels. <laughs> I'm getting all clipped. Same. Yeah, it was. It, it hit you too because yeah, it's it like me. it was good because like they they make this perfect moment at the end of the movie, and it's weird because I don't like when movies make me feel. It's so crazy because everyone's seen the end of the movie and they have no idea. Yeah. If you really think about it, I mean, yeah. you know, it's so, sweet. so it I don't is, want to talk about it anymore. No. <laughs> well, I mean, we're close, but we still have to give it a rating. You have to okay. rate it on a five well, stars. I, there was something else I wanted to mention that sure. I, I found pertinent. We were looking online after we watched this movie, and I guess they're going to be doing a novelization of this movie. Guillermo del Toro yeah. uh, is writing, co-writing it with somebody else. I can't remember who. Uh, uh, I don't remember. But it's supposed to be released. It came out yesterday. It came out yesterday. Yeah, isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, I'm going to have to check that so out. So it's topical. The Shape of Water uh, book came out yesterday, and now we're doing this podcast. Okay, it worked out. But we didn't plan it that way. Well, hey. It did. It just worked out that way. So we keep skirting around it, girl. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Okay. I went for it. I did it. I said it. I'm But we do it, it on five-star review here, so I don't know how you're doing that. I thought we do pizza slices. We do five slices of pizza, yeah. Okay, i give it five out of five pizza slices. Okay, it stands up to get out. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Which one do you like better? I liked The Shape of Water better. I knew you would say that because it was tailor-made for you. And what's interesting is there was an actor in both of those movies. Really? That was in this, yeah. Uh, the the Wasn't the guy from, the dad from Get Out... One of the scientists in The Shape of Water? I don't think so. Do you still have that on your thing? I'm not sure. That was, uh, what was his name? What is that? Maybe he just looked a lot like him because I definitely didn't research that. (laughs) See, I thought that the dude that you ended up saying was Richard Jenkins was the dad from Get Out. No. Because at first he kind of looks the same. that guy. I know. This fucking guy. Hold on. Let me pull this thing. Did you find him? I think so. Well, that's good. It's the guy from Billy Madison, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, now I'm confused. He just looks a lot like him. I'm trying to like... No, that's not the same guy. That guy is not no, old enough. That's not him. No, that's... I don't know. That's weird. <clears throat> I have no idea. Maybe we just tricked ourselves into thinking we saw him. Maybe I did. It happens. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so you're giving it a, a five of... out of five. Yeah. That's everything you wanted. Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. I give it a five out of five pizza slices. Does that mean this is a perfect House of Pizza five-star pizza slice pizza since it was tailor-made for you and House of Pizza is tailor-made for you? Yes, and we did have that yesterday. Yeah. So it was kind of perfect. Hey, yeah, that is kind of perfect. And that just leads us right into... Oh, hey, I have to give my review yeah, too, though. Yeah, you didn't do that yet. How many Sorry. pizza slices? Uh, you know, I'm going to be a little bit of a stickler here and give it a 5.25 pizza slices because I liked it that much. It was oh. really... 
really good. I'm going to break the rules here a little bit and go outside the bounds. Because, Are you listen, just going to say that it was a five out of five pizza slice, but it was a supreme? Yeah, pretty much. Because it had it's like, all the toppings you wanted. It did. And it, I know, right? And it didn't leave me wanting anything more. Like, I could go watch that movie a third and fourth and fifth time and be cool every time. Like, yes, that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Even if there's some rough stuff you got to get through. Mm-hmm. And there's also a scene that we almost absolutely expected to happen that actually never, they like they plant a seed of something like really dark going on with Michael Shannon and uh, Eliza's character. Oh, yeah. And they never pay it off. And that's so good. Yeah. Like she gets, again. It was again, just these, these threats to develop his character and the, the tension between them. Yeah. Oh, my God. And can I just say how much I loved Octavia Spencer in this movie? Yeah, she killed it as she well. She was so great. Uh, she was absolutely amazing as she always is. I mean, she's a... Oscar-winning actress, so well, yeah. you know she's gonna. This kill movie it. is nominated for so many Oscars. Like, didn't you say like twelve? I think I'm pretty sure it's twelve know. or fifteen. It's up there. It's, it's like in there. almost every category. There's something. Richard Jenkins for best yeah. supporting. I picked it for a lot of our Oscar picks. I can't remember how many Sally, exactly. Sally Hawkins, uh, actually, if you keep talking, I can pull up our list. They're right there. I can just. Do you want me to just grab them since they're right? They're by me. under <laughs> the Journey into Comic Signs. I do believe. I, yeah, you didn't have to grab up. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Just take it. Aha! I found it. So we'll pull up you and I. Okay, so here, I'll just name off what categories has The Shape of Water in it. Okay. Best Picture. Best Director. Best Actress. Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actress. Uh, da, 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 da. best original screenplay, best cinematography. I think it's. I think it'll win for that. Best costume design, best sound editing, best film editing. Um, yeah, best I think it's production be a sweet... <laughs> design. Um, let's see. I hope I picked it for best production design. We'll look in a second. Everything um, was so perfectly detailed. Best sound mixing. And best original score. Ooh, yeah. And just to go to your We're going to need here. to finish watching these Oscar-nominated movies just so I can have an appropriate opinion. Because as it is now, after seeing how great that movie was, I want to change all my answers to that. You're like, shit, yeah, yeah. I need that. Uh, I Let's see. I picked Guillermo del Toro for best uh, director. Director, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and and I'm kind of all over the place here because there's so many different people that could win. Um, I do want to change best actress to Sally Hawkins though. Cause, Who did you originally pick? Uh, Saoirse Ronan. Mm. That's Saoirse with an S. I remember. Not Saoirse <laughs> with a C. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Well, and I think it was a perfect movie, and uh, it was great. I know I throw the word perfect out there a lot, but it's only because I mean it. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, you picked Shape of Water for Best Director. You picked it just for that, it looks like. Well, I'm going to be um, amending my choices. Uh, no, you picked it for Best Film Editing, as well as... Best costume design, as well as best score. So you don't have to change all of them. I want to change production design. What did I pick? Production design? 
Yeah. Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. But that's like got that super futuristic thing about it. Well, I don't know. I'm just going to have to watch all these freaking movies now sure. and find out. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a plan. So I gave that a 5.25 pizza slices. You gave it a 5, or I gave it 5 with Supreme. It was a Supreme. Which a f- season a three of Foodies, we're changing the way we rate things because we're going to do it more. Are we? Yeah, I think so. Because I want it to Are be... Are we or you just want to? I do. I want to. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't. I don't know. I like talking about pizza. Of course we like talking about pizza. And that brings us to our next thing because you and I watched a documentary Netflix show series fucking thingamabob called Ugly Delicious. Yeah. You decided that we needed to watch this episode today. And I'm so glad you did. Over I'd never Euros. heard of it. Yeah. Over Euros. <laughs> I wish it was over pizza, though. After watching that, I was like so inspired to make my own damn pizzas. But there were three pizza chefs or two pizza chefs and a friend of the chefs, I guess. I don't know. Um, and Aziz Ansari's in it. And there's like, uh, they go all around and they discuss different pizzas, try different pizzas. But every episode of the show is a different theme. Like the different next food. one tacos. up was tacos. Like We're definitely going to need to watch the rest of this series well, and what, find out what it's about. What we should do but is. The pizza episode was good. What we should do is make Lauren and AP watch the first one. And then we'll all have, be planned to have watched the second one. And we can just like review them on each. Or we could just pick an episode each and review it. Or talk about it. Oh, well, yeah, Just that's to bring true. the pertinent information, you know. That's true. This episode was about pizza, which I thoroughly enjoyed, as everyone probably knows by now. Pizza is my jam. You knew facts about pizza that I was like, what? Is that real? And they were like, <laughs> as, as you were saying the facts, the TV would then spout the thing. And I was like, what the fuck? How do you know that? Well, little known secret, I've always wanted to have my own pizzeria. Like, I love I love cooking. I love food. I love food preparation. I didn't love working in a restaurant as a short order cook, but I think if it was just pizzas and it was one thing that I could do really, really well, I would love to do that. Maybe someday. But, you know, that being said, I consider myself a pizza connoisseur. And um, I love watching documentaries about pizza. Like Pizza Paradise was my favorite when that was on like 10 years ago. I don't know what that is. Oh, it was just a a special on I think it was like um the cooking channel or something and hmm. they went they did it was just like the history of pizza and then they did like a tour of all the different pizzerias on on the east coast and like talked about them like where pizza originated from originally and all these cool facts that's awesome yeah one of my friends and I actually like plotted out uh, a, a pizza tour that we wanted to do like Right before college that we never ended up going on. Because where is allegedly the best pizza? Well, In it depends on who you ask, but a lot of people will say New Haven, Connecticut. Like Connecticut style pizza is su- allegedly the best. And then you've got like the purists that say the New York style or the like the Neapolitan pizzas are where it's at. Chicagoans. And then you got the Chicagoans, us region rats that say the deep dish is the best. Even though I disagree. I I I prefer New York style. Pizza casserole is my jam. Ugh, yeah. See, my thing is I don't like uh, all that. See, I we haven't had Arnello's yet. You and I need to eat Arnello's so you can try it because an Arnello's pizza with pineapple and bacon Mm-hmm. It, one slice, first of all, is you and your bacon. I can't stand bacon on pizza. It's Why like not? my least favorite topping. Why? So good. <laughs> so good. I hate bacon on pizza. But no, what we always get is cheese pizza. When well, we yeah. get toppings, when I, I get once pizza, in a I while say cheese. I want to have bacon. <laughs> I like going to like 
when I go out to get pizza, I love getting toppings on pizza. But if I'm going to order myself a pizza at home, it's going to be a little extra large cheese pizza from Just House of Pizza. Keeping it basic, yeah. Yeah, keeping it real, man. That was my jam. It's what I've been eating like every week for 25 years. Rumor has it, by the way, I don't know if you saw this in the group or not, but the rumor has it that when we go up for the Oscar night, we will be eating Lou Malnati's versus another deep dish pizzeria. Yeah, yeah. And AP had the genius God idea. Damn, he is of super doing smart. Some pizzas. Yeah, I've never tried Luminati's and I've had Gino's East. He suggested that and I've, I've had, had neither. Gino's so. East is good. I mean, you know, whatever. I'm not a big deep dish fan. Here's what I would I'm gonna suggest. I'll live on the podcast so it can be recorded. At least for me, because I've never tried either. I would like to blind taste test them without knowing which is which and decide which one is better. We can do a blind taste so, test. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Science. Yeah. And we can maybe film it or something on something and then make oh, it like fun. Patreon special. I'll do a blind taste test challenge and see if I can, first of all, determine which one I like better. And then after determining which one tastes better, see if I can guess who is who. That would be fun. That so, would be a good Patreon exclusive. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody else, if you wanted to participate in that or if uh, Lauren or AP wants to as well. I absolutely am all for all of you guys doing it. But just I'll be the on, judge. Okay. So that way I can have every piece and not be like questioned about that, it. You, can, you know what? You can be the judge and then you can also delve out the, the slices to us. Yeah. And, I'll be the moderator. Yeah. That sounds like a great I, plan. That's a good job for me because you know how like I know this isn't a game so there's no reason to be competitive. You're super competitive But I though. get so competitive about everything thing like yeah. i have to monitor my activities so that way i don't unintentionally get sucked into a competition and then lose my shit and get super angry and get mad like yeah. when we were doing a puzzle <laughs> i was like i want to put this piece in and you like no because the puzzle was separated into quadrants we were all sitting in different quadrants but you kept doing my quadrant i was trying to be helpful I know, but like you had your own section you could have been working on that whole time, but you kept, and then I would move because you kept doing my quadrants. So I was like, okay, I'll go to a different quadrant. And then you did my quadrant again. And I was like, God damn it. I just wanted to do one piece by myself. <laughs> it's really funny. It just makes me laugh. Oh, but it's, whatever. See, even now you're being competitive about it. Like you went back no, there. I'm just like, I know. It's so funny. Shut up. But anyways, back to this show. I want to talk to you about this sh this show that we watched and get your thoughts on it. Uh, okay. uh, did you like the style of this show going through and trying all different things? They had... Yeah, I like the style of the show. I thought the people that were doing the show, like the hosts... Um, I liked that they owned the fact that they were like pretentious assholes. Kind of. And yeah. it was funny. Like I enjoyed the show a lot. Like they were really real about their opinions and why they have them. And they know that they're like... I liked that these people knew who they were. And also another thing that's great about this thing was that they had some cool like juxtaposition where one of the dudes ended up trying to learn how to like work at Pizza Hut or at uh, Domino's. Yeah. And the other two dudes were at they the Mecca of Pizza. They wanted to get the full pizza. pizza immersion experience. So some of them went to like Italy. Some of them uh, apparently tried to train at Domino's for just a day. And then he got sick of it and was like, fuck this, I'm done. As a former pizza delivery driver myself, I can attest that it is not fun. Never worked for Domino's. Well, it got a little heated also because the dude who worked... Oh, sorry, I don't mean to yawn, folks. Attack of the yawns here. Revenge of the yawns, but... Uh, yeah, it's been a long day. I uh, I don't mean to, to overspeak this, but like the dude working for Pizza Hut was like, Pizza Domino's. Hut's... Or Domino's. I keep doing that. Why do I do that? Uh, but Domino's, the dude kept saying, it's the greatest pizza 
And then he said that well, he... because he doesn't want to lose his job. But then he also said that he went to Italy and tried pizzas, and he said, hands down, he could make a better pizza than anyone in Italy. And I was like, like dude, you're the fucking delivery driver. Like, ninja, all you're, <laughs> you're doing is making, delivering the you're pizza. You're not making pizzas. Maybe the reason you keep thinking about Pizza Hut is because we recently had Domino's last weekend, and we ordered the pan style pizza which yeah. i don't typically ever do because i like thin crust but um we got the pan pizza and it tasted exactly like old school 90s pizza hut pizza that's a life hack right there oh man it was tasty yeah the first time i had the newer pan style pizza from domino's i was like it tasted shit. exactly like how pizza hut used to taste in the 90s before it got all shitty yeah i know that's the <laughs> crazy it thing it did change pizza Hut doesn't taste the same as it did when i was a like kid. if you think about the book it era to now ooh, the book it era the yeah. personal pan pizza rewards oh, for reading yeah. that was my jam i read the fuck out of books to get free pizza yeah me too we'd always go to the library my mom would take me and i would just get book after book after book just so i could get free pizzas well i guess that's good that you're going to be at some point doing the uh the show literature in your future you know oh yeah you might be guest hosting or doing something crazy like that, and we'll be talking about that down the road. So Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, but back to this show, like it made me just realize that it, I, the guy, I, one of the hosts said it best, and he said, I would rather take and be inspired by something and do my own riff on that than do it exactly how the ingredients say. Yeah, like that really resonated with you, I think, because... Uh, you're like the master of the chopped kitchen. Well, not only just the idea of a chopped kitchen, but I will look at a recipe and go, what don't I fucking like and what can I do that I would do? Yeah, like when you made those chicken and waffles the other day. Yes. That was not the recipe. Oh, and you made us pancakes the other day. Oh, and yeah. you didn't have the right recipe. And There's a lot of food news you, to catch You up have on. a lot of make it work moments um, in the kitchen. And you always do. I, yeah, you, you typically have to, but uh, I guess we do have to reflect a little bit on valentine's day i made you guys some uh delicious chicken and waffles deep fried uh with homemade waffles that were made from scratch with mm -hmm. a batter and actually I, I don't know if you knew this or not but i made them in the blender because I, I saw the, blender the recipe actually said like you could make this in the blender and i was like how the hell does that work sarah's but, like i really hope he doesn't randy marsh the shit out of that kitchen yeah, uh, just mess everywhere yeah. and wrecked cream freeze cafeteria freeze you know like um no but uh i was in here cooking and i wanted to do the waffles and i was like i'm doing in the fucking blender like that's how you do it right that's what the thing said and i just not even in the right frame of mind, dumped all the flour in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, danger. it all blow up in your face. No, it didn't blow up in my face. It just congealed before I could stir it into the... I didn't slowly mix it in. Oh, So yeah. the egg just got overwhelmed with all this dough. So I had to like work it for like a solid couple minutes. But I got it to work. I thought they tasted really good. That's why I always just use a hand mixer. I also totally fucked up the first waffle I did because I forgot how to use our waffle iron. Mm. What you do is you have it on, right? And you let it you keep the clamshell closed until the light turns green. And then you open it, you fill it, and then close it. I turned it on, waited for what I seen. I thought was like five minutes. It seemed hot it as fuck. It wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. So the first one was mushy and gross. And yeah. then I just, I did a redo and it was fine. And shockingly enough, used a little bit of this Frank's Red Hot Sauce uh, during that on some of those chicken. And it was delicious and obviously maple syrup and whatnot. 
So anyways, we went to Mike and Joanna's for like that Black Panther network meeting, whatever. You know, we were down there. We decided we were going to stay over a couple days, visit and party and whatnot. For Joanna's birthday. For her birthday, correct. And uh, Monday morning rolls around. Black Panther review had happened. I almost died on hot sauce. Like everything was happening. And we got up Monday and it was like, everyone's kind of like, God, we're hungry. We're hungry. Everybody kept going, hungry, hungry. Yeah, we needed a birthday brunch. And the Norrises were like, we have stuff. And I was like, fuck it, I'll cook. So I made pancakes and I made bacon. And bacon. A slightly cooked crispy bacon. Nate and I have a very differing opinion about what... Uh, good bacon is? Good bacon is. Yeah, and I don't like chewy bacon. And I don't like burnt bacon. I don't, I don't like, like chewy bacon either. I like it the way I like it. I like it perfectly is, crisp. I like it... Not crispy, but not chewy. Like, right at the threshold where... It's crunchy, kind of? No, it's still chewy, but not, like, rubbery. Like, it's still... Ugh. How I make bacon is how I like bacon. Anyways. I make you bacon. You know what it's supposed to be like. you... And then I said, why don't you just take out, like, two pieces of bacon for me before you, uh, you know, take the rest of it out so that way I can get the kind of bacon I like and then your bacon can be crispy. And then it got a little burnt. Well, I thought that it needed about a minute because it looked totally raw. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it probably just needs about another minute to cook and it'll 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 get itself right where it needs to be. And I, I let it in for the minute, but the minute just cooked it too much. It probably was only like a 25-second window that it needed to be in, but I digress. You helped. It's okay. It's just bacon. You helped, though, because <laughs> you helped make the scrambled eggs. Yes, I made you, the eggs. You made a very old school American diner scrambled egg. With I did. I went diner style and did very, like, I thought they tasted good. I thought so too. Yeah, I like folded them like you'd see at like a, a diner or a Denny's or something. Typically, I make them really light and fluffy and like uh, cloud-like. But this time I went old school and it was a nice change of pace. And we covered them in American cheese slices. Yeah. True Americans. It was... Uh... It was delicious. That meal overall was like, yes, this is what I want to have for breakfast. Yeah. And uh, of course, then we had to like wrap it up and get going. But those are some of the food things I've been making as of late. And I've been trying to just like up my game, try something new, just go, oh, I've never made chicken and waffles. I can do it. Yeah. Even if I don't just getting know inspired by different foods and not intimidated and just making it authentically you. I've also been making a metric F ton of cookies. Yeah, you have, and they turned out really good. You were very happy with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the peanut but- the Reese's peanut butter um, chocolate chip cookies were particularly delicious. Yeah, I-, I found this recipe online, and I had to tweak it a little bit because, again, sometimes the recipe is not exactly how you like it. And I know with baking, it's still a science, so you kind of got to follow most of the rules. But Correct <laughs> measurements, but here- anyway. But here's the thing, and that's true. But like with the th- with the things you have to follow, it's all in the base ingredients, all the bonus shit that's not the dough. Right. You Flavors, can fudge. profiles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the original recipe called for chopped nuts. I'm like, chopped nuts in a chocolate chip cookie? Who are these fucking people? Like, why would you do that ever? I'm sure lots of people like that. I ha- I don't. It's not my jam. It never Neither, has been. It's never been my jam. I, I like peanuts and stuff and, and I whatnot. I don't like nuts. But, um... <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to do that, but I like peanut butter. Oh, I like peanut butter cups. Oh, they have those recent peanut butter cup chips. So I was like, that's what we're going to do. Home run, made them delicious. Yeah, just keep on the candy bar theme for cookies and you'll. I'll be pleased every time. Okay, sure. 
we'll keep going that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on from the pizza documentary and what has been fooded lately between us. And have we eaten anywhere cool lately or done anything? I'm trying to remember if we've been out to anything. Not of really. no, not not particularly. Uh, I th- no. I mean, I think that's that is this part of the episode because we can move into some a little bit of movie news we have now, and there's some stuff. Uh, interesting to know, AP has movie pass for even cheaper than ten dollars now. Yeah, he was letting the group know about that earlier. He's like, "Hey guys, my movie pass is seven fifty and I was like, "What the? We're fuck? still not affiliated with movie pass i just wanted to throw that out there now still <laughs> so trying to get sponsorship still really psyched about it and no we're not so yes i am i'm trying to get sponsorship <laughs> yes we are legitimately like i'm gonna get movie pass to sponsor the network why breaking even on tickets is good enough for movie pass movie pass has been around for several years it's only been over the past several months that subscription streaming service has become a bigger deal the subscription streaming service has become a bigger deal. This is mostly attributed to the fact that it's only $10. Um, and then now, with special deals, you can actually get it for $7.95 or lower. Um, how does MoviePass plan to make money? Uh, their CEO, Mitch Lowe, recently explained on the Recode podcast, noting, Our goal is to get to break even with the subscription and the cost of our goods. Why are you laughing? Oh no, I killed Veronica. She's over here dying right now. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh my god. What, what did I miss? Did I say something funny? Uh, so you're reading this and um, just your face when you, you realize that MoviePass had already talked to another podcast. Mm-hmm. At all, just any podcast. Like he just literally froze and stopped for a half a second, and I saw a rage flash. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and then he just kept going, like nothing happened, and I just <laughs> got me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get you. While I, am... I just saw your network mind go. God damn it! <laughs> no, but I, it's fine because I'm gonna. It's it's all good now. Uh, but... I'm sorry, that was funny. You were reading something about movie pass. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I was just reading this uh, quote. What's your site? What is this? Who are this you is from Cinema Blend. Okay. They're writing this, talking about Mitch Lowe, who is on a podcast, says, our goal is to get to break even with the subscriptions and the cost of goods. Then we have all these different ways we make your life better as a customer. We know how to market films to you. You know the studios are incredibly inefficient the way they market small films. Over the last three weeks, we brought one in every 19 movie tickets in the country. But when we promote a film, we're buying one in ten, so we're lifting. These are for subjective $50 million box office films. These studios are paying us to be more efficient marketers of their films. Interesting. So they're essentially marketing the movies. Right. That's super smart. Hey, we'll market your movies. The movies will be cheaper. You want us to market your they movies because people are going to people are going to want to go see The Shape of Water in theaters. You know, you can do that with Movie Pass for ten bucks. It's still in theaters. So uh, <laughs> that's a very good practice plug, Nate. Yeah. So the company is hoping <laughs> for multiple revenue streams to get Movie Pass into uh, into the black. First and foremost, the subscription service needs to have a lot of subscribers, which it's working on. Over two million. We talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. The company is projecting it will be over three million subscribers by August. And uh, some of those subscribers don't see a lot of movies every month, and a lot of them only see one occasionally, or none. 
meaning the company hopes to break even off the money it's paying out for people to see the movies. Right. Then per Mitch Lowe, it seems other revenue streams, including deals with studio to promote movies and make a little extra chunk of change. He noted, deals have already been brokered with movies like Lady Bird, the new new Maze Runner movie. That was actually like a tongue twister, the new Maze Runner movie. The new Maze Runner movie. Yeah, it got me. Among others. In addition to previously monetizing consumer data has been... What is that word? Bandied? About as a potential source of revenue for the company? Bandied? What is that word? Bandied about? Who says that? Clearly somebody in this article. Here's the trick. 89% of American moviegoers only go to four or five movies a year. Okay? When they join, well, when movies are so expensive, what exactly. do they expect? And he says when they join MoviePass, they double their consumption and go to about 10 a year. That's a little bit less than one a month. They balance out to 11% of the population that goes 18 times before joining MoviePass and go, and then after go three times a month. It works out. Over time, it actually works out to be about one movie per month per subscriber. Right. And where they get you is that every time you go to these stinking movies, you're going to have to pay money for concessions. And so the theater is still making money. No, you don't. You don't have to pay for Well, you don't have to, but it's more likely that you will because... Who doesn't like to have a snack or a drink in the theater? Correct. People who don't wear guess, coats to the yeah. movies. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I don't want to promote anything. So if you were wondering how the numbers are working so, out so far, uh, Lowe's comments do give you some indication of people movie-watching behavior since joining MoviePass service. All in all, MoviePass is not in its infancy. The new price model and... The new, the new price model is, and it should be interesting to see how it all shakes out on the coming months and even years, especially considering that the company has a shaky relationship with some major theaters. If the company isn't making money yet, it will eventually need to, and the service seems to be exploring multiple ways to do that. Mm-hmm. So buy a ticket or buy a movie pass. I'm still thinking about buying a movie pass. I think that... And I th- yeah, why not? And we I think have the a lot of movies t- coming up we want to see. And I think the way to do that, too, is just to <clears> buy <throat> the the year, 90 bucks for the whole year. I mean, you're going to... If you, if you buy it out, Every month, month by month, $10 comes out. That's 120 bucks. If you buy the $90 thing, you're saving on three months of, you're getting three free months of movie pass essentially right. for a buy it now. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something to think about, folks. And again, we are not officially yet affiliated yet with movie yeah, pass yet. Stop talking but we will about be. it now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, movie pass is going to get even cheaper, at least for Costco users. We said that. Um, movie pass dropped from $30 a month to $9.95. And now, okay, and it also offers a twelve month subscription for eighty nine ninety five. But then, if you come to Costco, uh, the Costco deal makes it even cheaper, making it holy shit. Um, I guess interesting. Okay, what are we gonna need to get Costco cards now? I don't know. Uh, Costco members will actually actually be okay. Hold on. It says, at that price, it becomes a deal even if you go to only matinee shows. The Costco deal is essentially the same as the standard annual subscription, but the offer for Fandor access as well as as well to sweeten the deal. So Fandor the hell is, that? is a streaming service. It's got a solid catalog of over 5,000 films that mo- mostly focus on documentaries, independent and international films. A quick glance at what, what's offered reveals great films like Mad Max, Strictly Ballroom, and Carrie. Oh my God, I love it. 
among others. While a lot of what Fandor offers looks to be smaller films that fans might not be as familiar with, that's sort of the beauty of the deal. If you're going to pick up the movie pass annually anyways, it gives you access to Fandor for essentially free if you go to Costco. Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. Sure. I don't give a shit about what Fandor is. I don't know what that is. It's it's a it's, streaming service like I know, Netflix. I just, oh, I know sorry. that. You said that, but my point was is that when Netflix was first a thing, like I loved having like VHS tapes and then DVDs became a thing. And so then eventually I grew to love DVDs. And then when Netflix was around, I was like, oh, I hate having to wait for my DVDs like in the mail. And then they did the streaming thing and I was like, oh my God, this is dope. But all these movies suck. There's nothing good. And now like Netflix and Hulu and all these streaming services are more commonplace. Like you don't need another one. You know what I mean? I do. And it looks like, okay, there's like a million. um, Speaking of Netflix, though, there was something new that we were going to try talking about on our show. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah. So what we're going to do here, we're the last day of February right now. So if you're listening on release day, it's February 28th. Tomorrow's the first of March, folks. We're already in the spring month. Spring will sprung. We'll have sprung this month. Great. Or next month, which is tomorrow. (laughs) Weird Can we stop time traveling and just talk about what we're going to talk about? I, I'm, it's all about setup. It's all about the setup. So Netflix uh, is obviously a streaming service that you love to use and I love to use and we use it often. So what we're going to start doing here is telling people what's coming out on Netflix. And also what is going to be leaving Netflix. Now, I haven't found a what's leaving Netflix in March yet. I've, I found what's showing up in we Netflix. Just, like the pertinent things that we like that we know we would want to recommend before it's gone. We're not going to like talk about everything that's leaving Netflix because you can just Google that. <laughs> but we're going to tell you what our picks are once we get it up. Yep, we're going to just go here. and That's one thing that I like and hate about Netflix is that it's always getting more content and changing its content. But I also really dislike when they take shit off that I love. <laughs> that really bothers me. All right. So we're going to go down the list here and we're going to go. Um, do you want to do out with the old and with the new and sure. do the, the stuff leaving first? If you want to. So we'll just go down the list here. Leaving in March, starting in March 1st. Okay. So this is all the movies that are going to be out. Wait, are you like reading all of them? Or are we just going to talk about the ones that are the ones that matter to us? Okay. Um, so I'm looking so far. First one that I noticed that sucks. All the Jaws movies are gone. Hmm. Memento gone. This is that March 1st. That was a 1st. good one. Yeah. Uh, the craft gone. <laughs> the first triple X is gone, and then March fourth doesn't have anything really pertinent. Six doesn't have anything. Eight doesn't. Um, the Santa Claus movies. AP. They're leaving March twelfth, buddy. The three Santa Claus movies, <laughs> the horror films that are the Santa Claus movies, are leaving Mar and uh, March twelfth. Holly and I tried watching the first Santa Claus movie over Christmas vacation. Uh-huh. And he didn't like it. He's like, Mommy, can we turn this off? It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. He wasn't into it. Uh, here's one that you have to watch if you're a Foodies fan because we talked about it a lot. City of God, 10 years later. We watched City of God. It was great. Um, Archer, all seven seasons, March 14th, gone. Zootopia, March 20th, gone. Oh, Roger Rabbit's leaving. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, gone on March 24th. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, oh, I love March Life 26th. Aquatic. We still need to do our Wes Anderson episode. The argumentative episode of who is, whether he's a good director or not. Um, oh, shit, in like Flint. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in like Flint, yeah. 
Um, a lot of seasons of stuff. Brickleberry's gone. What's up? We don't care about seasons. This no, is a food podcast. No, I was just We're saying that that's podcast. that's what's what's gone. So we're out with the old. Let's go and get Not in. Not too with, many losses. We'll go and get in with the new. And with the new stuff, I think I'm just going to read the whole list swiftly. Because okay. it'll let everybody know what's all coming out in March. So starting March 1st, 321. Okay. Ooh, 300 is a great movie. Mm-hmm. We once, tra- well, I once tried to watch it uh 300 times like trying to make it be like over my lifetime i i had a goal of watching 300 300 times and i think i got to <laughs> i think i was at like like 17 because it was just like always on you know and you gave up and i was like Fuck this movie i don't need to watch this movie anymore <laughs> okay but maybe i will now i'm gonna just i'm gonna skip ahead and just do all the ones that matter so 300 adventure land uh beer fest First Cruel Intentions, meh, not bad. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, not bad. First two, the, movie's go- sad. the Ghostbusters movies, the first two. Ooh, that's exciting. Um, I now Ollie pronounce you Chuck and that. Larry. Ugh. Jackass number two, eh. eh. Who are these movies for? Brothers Grimm. Uh, bucket List, The Descent. Lauren's coming oh, back Lauren's to- Oh, Lauren's going to be uh, stoked. Yeah. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. March 2nd. Just a bunch of seasons and stuff. March 4th, the Joel McHale show debuts. Um, March 5th, doesn't really have anything. 6th, doesn't really have anything that I know of. I'm trying to look here. Jessica Jones, season 2 on March 8th. That'll be That'll be, good. That'll be talked about. We still sure. haven't watched The Defenders or Luke Iron Cage Fist or Iron or Fist. Luke. Yeah, or All we Punisher. watched was... We didn't watch The Punisher. Oh my god! You forgot. We got so sucked into Gotham and and Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's kind of overtaken. Oh man, I forgot all about the Punisher. Hmm. March fifteenth, Jackass three point five. That was the director's cut uh, with bonus footage. I'm surprised you didn't mention Power Rangers. That was on the list. Not Ninja Steel. I don't give a shit about Ninja Steel. <laughs> Ain't Mighty Morphin. I don't give a fuck. Conor McGregor Notorious comes out March 21st. That's a documentary about Conor McGregor, the MMA fighter. Yeah. yeah. Um, March 28th, 51st Dates goes back on. Series of Unfortunate. Little Women comes back. Yeah. I missed that movie. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. Weird. I think you said something about that too. Did I? I think so. Weird. Yeah. A Series of Unfortunate Events, season two, March 30th. We didn't finish season one. No, it wasn't very good I wasn't into it. Not really. Um, I wanted to like it, but I just didn't. And then that's pretty much it for March uh, on Netflix. The stuff that at least I know, care about, matter, you know, whatnot. All right, all right. So, well, I thought that was a, f- a very successful first uh, time doing that segment. Yeah, I liked <laughs> we it. We hope you guys liked it. Yeah. Tell us what you guys think. And tell us what movies are coming to Netflix that we didn't talk about that we should be hyped on that's on that list. Just go search for it and give us a hit on Twitter at Film Foodies or on Facebook at Foodies Watching Movies or on Instagram at Foodies Watching Movies. You guys know where to find us because you already found us. Also, I want to mention Shape of Water, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh. That's a thing we need to talk about. And I, I said it before, we're going to try not to make this a like thing. But we have to talk a little bit about Black Panther's numbers because it is a movie. And, and there's some stuff. I don't know if you know this. And I don't know where to actually show you like where on their fucking site this is actually shown. Man, Black Panther <clears throat> is such a good movie. If you haven't already seen it, I would recommend going out and watching well, it. Well, here's how good it is, V. And this is what I was trying to get to. Um, it's the It of- always comes back to superhero movies. Sorry, folks. 
<laughs> it uh it actually is um based on its metacritic score and everything the rotten tomatoes has for it mm-hmm. if you go on to rottentomatoes.com and it's this is based on the amount of reviews it has the amount of certified freshes it is and all those things it is actually the best movie of all time black panther per rotten tomatoes site yes it's mm-hmm. higher rated than citizen kane and gone with the wind and all that it is king crazy <clears throat> Well, I wouldn't say it was that good. Well, I'm saying based on... (laughs) I thought it was really good, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. It Yeah, I mean, I guess based on the numbers and everything. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this. Their box office numbers are insane, right? That's what I was coming to right now because uh, I always use this as a reference point when I'm talking about movie box offices because I I think about this movie and I thought it was successful and it failed. Amazing Spider-Man 2. It did $95 at the box office opening weekend and was considered a failure. That's a lot of money. Yeah, well, not shit when you consider Black Panther on its second weekend just did $104 million. Yeah, that's On its crazy. second weekend. Not yeah. on its debut weekend. On its second weekend. It, it, it actually just keeps making more money. Black Panther pushed the Marvel Cinematic Universe to lifetime having made a total gross of $14 billion for Holy Marvel. Shit. So uh, the acquisition from Disney back in 2009 definitely has paid dividends like and then some for them. So uh, there's rumors Black Panther might appear in the next Spider-Man movie. Mm. Um, a little callback there. There's there's a lot of different things. I was in that so regard. excited for the Black Panther movie. I was a fan of the comics. I was a fan of, you know, everything from the Civil War era of Marvel Universe. And uh, I'm glad that we finally got to see something in Wakanda. Here's another one for and you. It's making me look forward also to the new ant-man and wasp movie yeah because it's like what was that uh animated avengers movie where they were all like on ultimate the avengers ultimate avengers yeah that was rad i loved that one and i loved thor in it too yeah he was like uh an animal activist yes he was <laughs> whale killer it was so funny uh here's a little bit of numbers for you so this is as of last week so this is Almost a week old at this point. Black Panther was sitting at $292 million in its first seven days. Okay? Mm-hmm. Avengers only did 270 So it beat the Avengers by $22 million in yeah. its first seven days. It's a great movie. It's doing, it's doing a lot for Marvel. I think that um, they hit the nail on the head. They yeah. finally hit one out of the park that was, you know, it reached everyone and it wasn't yeah. just a superhero movie. That was definitely Marvel's best movie. Totally. Here's the thing. You know, you were asking about him, but do you know that Brendan Fraser was in and out of hospitals for years? That is so interesting that you're bringing up Brendan Fraser because my son and I were just talking about him again like yesterday because he made me watch George of the Jungle again. It was like the day before yesterday. And he's obsessed with Brendan Fraser. He loves The yeah. Mummy. He loves George of the Jungle. He liked that Journey to the Center of the Earth crap. And uh, then I was like innocently scrolling on Facebook. And there was a whole big article about Brendan Fraser. And like, whatever happened to him? Blah, blah, blah. And, was this, and I was just like, wow. Doing his own stunts actually hurt him. He's a big dude. He says, I believe I probably was trying too hard in a way that's destructive. By the time I did the third mummy picture in China, I was put together with tape and ice, just like really nerdy and feisty about ice packs. Screw cap ice packs, downhill mountain biking pads because they're small and light and they can fit under your clothes. I was building an exoskeleton for myself daily. I needed a lasectomy or a laminectomy. 
and the lumbar didn't take, so they had to do it again a year later. Damn. Um, and then another thing is interesting is he, uh, Brendan Fraser also came out recently and accused a head of foreign relations with one of the companies he worked for of groping him. Oh, really? Yeah, and like it's another... I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's another thing that's probably going to blow up soon. Let's see if I can pull that article up too here before we get on here, folks. Brent, Brendan, Brent, Brent. In case you were wondering what Brendan Fraser was up to these days. Sometimes you just got to know. Apparently I can't spell for shit. Brendan. Oh, I I put E-N, not A-N. My bad. Apparently I can't spell for shit. (laughs) I don't know. I I'm not gonna lie. I always liked Brendan Fraser's movies. I loved George of the Jungle. I loved Bedazzled and how awful that movie was. It was great. All right, I got the uh, the thing. This is two days ago, which at this point is almost a week ago, or over a week ago. Back in the early 2000s, Brendan Fraser was at the peak of his career. He was leading man in Hollywood, headlining popular fare like The Mummy, and more critical fare like Quiet America and Crash. However, he was also dealing with demons uh, personally while working so hard in the industry, including mental health issues and various incidents he couldn't shake. This week, Brendan opened up about the time in his limelight, also talking about the uh, 2003 incident involving former Hollywood Foreign Press President Philip Burke, um, where he said that Philip pinched Brendan's butt. And then uh, Frazier, at the the time, uh, Burke had claimed that it was a joke. Frazier is saying it was it was, you know, much more gruesome than that. He he uh, he said a quote from Brendan Fraser says, his left hand reaches around and grabs my ass cheek, and one of his fingers touches me in the taint. Wow, descriptive. <clears throat> and he like got really gross and freaked out on this dude. I guess. Um, and then Brendan well, says, to this day, he's still frightened. He felt like he had to say something, and he's wanted too many times, but he just didn't know if it was it, it, how it would be received. I mean, think yeah, of how it used to be. Yeah, that kind of thing can ruin your career. And it used to ruin your career, mm-hmm. and now the tide is turning, and more people are speaking up and getting these things out in the open to to throw people and get them out of Hollywood. I think Hollywood needs to be cleansed, you know. I don't know. It's hard for me to have an opinion on things when I, I don't feel like educated enough on the subject. Well, I mean, but you know, I mean, think about this year alone or 2017 alone, the amount of like accusations against Hollywood based people who are up, up, up in the world. Right. Not the it's actors. Hard to, it's, it's hard for me to engage in these kind of conversations because it always turns political and I don't like being political. And I don't like that these kind of conversations end up becoming political. Like, I know I just made it happen because I said that, but... Yeah, but there was nothing political about what I was saying. I know, saying. I know, I know, but, like, it always ends up, like, coming down to it, just like the whole gun violence thing, when <clears throat> I don't... I just... These kind of conversations just... They're hard for me because I want to say so many things, but it's like... you. Don't, I don't know what the right thing is, you know? Well, I think the right thing is for people to fucking not touch people who aren't with them. Oh, well, obviously. Like, end of story, right? Yeah, just be a um, decent fucking human. Exactly. I mean, the problem... Well, it's not really a problem. I guess being a woman, I've grown up being harassed, and I've been assaulted before, and it's just like, as a woman, you have... I have come to just 
expect it from certain people or, you know, based on my, my own experiences, like it's just uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And it just, it sucks when it gets politicized and then belittled and then the conversations change and it becomes about something that it wasn't originally about. Correct. It's like, why can't everybody just be on the same page? Exactly. Can we all just get along y'all? Ugh. I agree. Well, V, I think we can get out of here for this part of the show. I am going to be. uh, Yeah, AP and I are going to do a little segment before this episode airs, obviously. Mm -hmm. He and I will get together. We'll do some talking. We're going to talk about how his experiences was because this past weekend was not only just AP going to see the movies that he's going to see. I think he's doing that this weekend and next weekend, if I'm correct. Like, so he will have seen all the best picture noms in theaters by the time, you know, it comes around. Uh, but also this past Sunday was AP's birthday. He turned 28 today. The episode drops February 28th. So happy 28th birthday, AP. Happy birthday, AP. Shout out to you, my friend. Um, and actually without further ado, V, thank you first of all so much for coming back to foodies. Oh, well, yeah, you know, this is partially my podcast. It, it so is. I'm always glad to be a part of it. Well, you know, you know, but I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's, I love podcasting with you. Oh, well, I love podcasting with you too. It's always an amazing experience. We always have a lot of fun and the, you never know really where the conversation is going to take us. Cause Tangent we're, city. you, I mean, you, you laughed at me and, it, Sorry. You, you, but you got to see my face and you're not wrong. I made a face. I was like, what the fuck? But, <laughs> But um, anyway, anyways, thanks so much for coming back. Definitely. AP and I are going to take over now. Take it away, man. Um, so I'll do the plugs in the later part of the show, folks. And um, take it away, me. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. And it is officially the second half of Foodies Watching Movies. And much like last week, I am joined once again in the after show by Mr. AP. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be a part of something I can't really be there in person for. It's always nice, the joys of technology. The joys of technology are great because we can still uh, communicate and uh, have this awesome chat together. You've been very busy since the last time we spoke, and I feel like if we don't just get right into kind of the business of things, there's a couple things I want to say. First of all, by the point this is aired, this will be the second time I'm saying this to you, but now I can say it on the air to you actually, but like... Happy birthday. How was your birthday? It was great. I got to spend time with the fiance's family since my family is not up here, but got to talk to him on the phone, so it was always good. Yeah. Went out, had a nice uh, had a nice steak for lunch, which Ooh. was always good. Where at? Uh, there's a, a, a Jameson's a Steakhouse up here that I went to. It was, it was really good. Nice uh, New York Strip. No seasoning, no sauce, just ah. Uh, medium rare. Medium. Okay, okay, I can appreciate a man that does his steak medium. That's just before the point of no return. Right. I I used to be medium well, and then I, and when I was like a teenager, and now I'm now I'm medium all the way. Now, have you ever had like a rare or medium rare steak? I've done. I've gotten medium rare steaks before. Like sometimes when it's like they don't give you an option, they just give you what they give you. Totally. It's still pretty good. Still yeah. really good. Okay. Have you ever tried steak tartare? I don't think so. Do you know but what steak tartare is? It's, just, it's fairly it's like you know, like where it's just like it's just like flash cooked pretty it's, much. It is flash cooked and it's ninety percent rare. Or ninety percent raw, not rare. And, 
That would be interesting. I have not tried it. Have you tried it? No, it's one of the few steak styles that I have not yet got down on. I've pretty much tried the gauntlet of all the other styles, but steak tartare just kind of terrifies me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just like uh, if it's if it could still moo at me right now, right? I'm not cool with that. It's like I don't think I'd ever do full rare or not like not full rare, but I don't think I'd ever do that or well done. I feel like there's the two ends of the spectrums you really don't want to mess with. Totally, you don't need to fuck with a well done steak. Like, what are you doing at that point? Just make bacon. It's so much better. If you want crispy <laughs> meat, just eat bacon. Oh yeah. So you had a good, delicious steak for your birthday. You turned 28. I did. This episode of Foodies is dropping, if you're listening, on launch day on the 28th. Yeah. So. 28 on the 28th. That's pretty cool, right? I know. Uh, but you did something kind of pre-your-birthday celebration style. We talked about it a little bit on the episode, actually, about how you were gone on holiday on Saturday when we recorded. Oh. Because... What were you doing, my friend? What was up? What was yeah. going on? Having the best birthday eve ever. For any movie lover, I got... This is my third year doing it. Uh, Liz, my fiance, and I went and saw the first half of AMC's Best Picture Showcase. Hell yeah. So we got to see... I saw four movies on Saturday, and then this coming Saturday, I'll see five. So it's going to be a, it's gonna be a nice... So it was like a 10.30 start, and then... Got out of Shape of Water at like eight thirty nine somewhere in there. So it was a nice like eleven hours. Not bad. Uh, what was the first movie? So I saw Phantom Thread. Okay. Well, then let's. Uh, then after Phantom Thread was. Uh, Lady Bird. Okay, and then it was. Three billboards. And of then. Shape of Water. Oh yeah! Hell yeah! Awesome. Interesting to note, we spent a lot of the episode talking about the Shape of Water, man. Uh, we finally watched it. It was an amazing, beautiful, moving movie. Jesus, I, I it still got me thinking uh, several days later now. And it's like, I don't, I, you know, we haven't seen Three Billboards yet. It's on the list. Hopefully by Oscar time, we it's the, it's next on the list. Yeah, you know, Three kinda... Billboards is also a fantastic movie. Okay. Like those two, I think, are, well, Do... well, we can get into it. And we will get into it because I kind of want to talk a little bit about the other two as well. You know, Lady Bird is one we want to see. Uh, Phantom Thread, I'm not really entirely certain I need to see it, but I'm going to let you kind of guide us through. What are your thoughts on these movies? You sat 11 hours and saw them. Also, how was the crowd? Was there Were there a lot of people doing this showcase? or was Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, it wasn't sold out. I've been to ones that have been – like last year it was fairly sold out. This year it was still pretty crowded. Um very interesting group there's a lot of there's a people around my age there's people a little bit older than there's like older people like people like the wheelchair cane kind of people really which i'm guessing it's maybe the only time these guys go out to the movies just get it all out at once they got nothing else going on maybe that's why easy to sit for several hours for them and not get right. up and down a lot did you hawk your wares and tell everybody about your podcast i did not that's for next week i was building the relationship i Made friends, the people in my row that are also going to be there next week. Yes, that's awesome. Hell yeah, that's great. Uh, I was like, it's really weird. Like people that you don't expect to like be talking about. Like there's like there's a guy sitting like that I was talking to that I made friends with that looked like a straight up like biker, like long beard, big uh, guy. I'm like, sure. And it's like, do you like I Tanya? I was like, what? 
Yeah, I did like. I fucking loved Itania. That movie was, was great. It's like let's like talk about like movies from like a few years ago. I'm like, I do not see you as like being into these movies, but I like that I we're talking right now. Yeah, like keep it up, keep that shit up, dude. Oh shit, what am I doing? I'm trying to get you bigger on my screen, and I'm not figuring it out. Whatever. Oh shit, that's not the right way to do it, folks. <laughs> this is live on the podcast. I'm trying to figure this out because I use. Oh, that's how I do it. I push the wrong button. Excellent. And one thing, and one thing I love about the showcase is that like all typical movie theater rules are just off because they give you like a lanyard, and then it's just like you can do whatever. Like I was eating, like. What was I? I was like eating cantaloupe at like 11 a.m. in a movie theater just because we brought it in our bag with like our blanket and our neck pillows and Fuck snacks yes. and drinks and stuff. Yeah, it's like. Could you have ordered Papa John's pizza or some sort of pizza to, directly to the movie theater and said, we are screening in, in theater 14? What theater were you in? Uh, Do you remember the number? It was two. Oh, shit. I was way off. Yeah. I'd freak down if you'd have been like, "How did you know?" Fucking yeah, there's. I think, I think there's only like twelve in that place, but still, I don't think you, you could probably bring it in, but I don't think you'd have it delivered. But like, we went to like because it's in a mall, so we went to the food court and came back with like Subway oh, and just walked shit. back into the sat yeah. down, had our sandwich, walked, waited for the next movie because you get that nice little twenty-ish minute break, and then we got like an hour for dinner. So, oh, that's groovalicious, man. That's exciting. So let's get right into it. First off, on the docket, you saw Phantom Thread. What are your reactions to this movie? What kind of movie is it even? I don't really know the premise, so uh, break it down for us. So Phantom Thread is, as you know, it has Daniel Day-Lewis in it. Is and it his, final, his final film? That's what he said. That's He said this is his, his last. And it's not my kind of movie. It was basically, it uh, takes place in the, I think just after World War One. Uh, Daily Lewis plays uh, Reynolds Woodcock, who's a dressmaker, like for like wealthy people, royalty in England. This is where it's set, and he's this very routine, very OCD. I think Liz and I, after Tom City, might possibly be playing someone who's a little on the spectrum. Okay, fair which- enough. Like just so, but it's before that's actually a thing that's diagnosed. It's just like if someone ruins some part of his routine, it throws his whole day out of whack. And he's a very controlling person, and he has a muse, and there's a really weird relationship. And yeah, there's a couple things I was just like, you're just like sitting like, what is happening? Like it was probably my least favorite of the best picture movies, just in terms of taste that I've seen so far. Okay, totally. But. It, but it may also be Daniel Day Lewis's best performance, in my opinion. Wow! Just because like it, of it, how on the spot he nails it. Yeah, like his, just the amount of play he has. He's may not be my favorite movie, but I think the acting in it is phenomenal. Is like he, it, is he up for best actor? I believe so. I don't have I think, the list in front of me. I'm I can look at it right now from afar. This happened earlier on the podcast, but now Veronica's <laughs> not across from me to grab it for me, so I can't. Yeah, I had it. I had it pulled up before my computer decided to freak out. That so. was a crazy coincidence that happened, or crazy situation that happened before we actually got going today. You had called me. We were getting ready to get into this, and uh, boom. So before we go on to the next movie, which uh, you said was Phantom Thread. No, no, no. The we, next one? Ladybird was second. Yeah, Ladybird was right. second. 
But and before we leave Phantom Thread, I want to know, uh, out of five, quick rea- rapid reaction based on what, what you typically rate movies. Are we doing whole numbers? What do you mean whole numbers? Like one, two, three, four. Or are we doing like halves? You can points? do it however the fuck you want, man. Just give it to me real. Let me know where you feel I'm, it. I'm going to say it's like 3.9 out of five. 3.9. Okay, so it's almost a four. So it's like a solid like B minus. Yeah, it was like I'm. People loved the movie. It's just not a movie I would have seen on my own if it wasn't part of this showcase. Like if it totally. would have, like if it just would have came up and been like, if I'm just seeing a trailer for it, I'd been like, eh, all right, okay, eh. excellent. Uh, before we go on to the next movie, I uh, I do want to mention, and I think it's a good time to do so. We need to give serious praise out to our listeners, AP, because Definitely. we I I haven't told you this yet but um number one my friend um of the journey into comics network shows we are now um currently most downloaded in the past 30 days um yeah the last episode we did which was the i popeye's chicken princess bride uh episode has so many it has 120 let me tell you right now i'm gonna look it up it has over 120 something odd fucking things and that's crazy because there's only like four shows all time that we have, we've had, at least from our Podbean stats, that have broke those numbers. And, you know, it's not crazy huge, but we're still getting people that are paying attention to what we're doing. I think it's right. good to say, hey, like, thank you guys so fucking much for checking it out. I know. Like, I finally broke triple digits. I was shocked and surprised and happy. Like, things are moving in a great trajectory for the network. Yeah, it's uh, 121. Popeye's Chicken Princess Bride has 121 downloads. Um, and is the so it's the second most downloaded in the past three months, which is huge. When you think about like we had feature week when a lot of people found us and on the network and what have you, and now it's just like things are kind of picking up. And I really am. Yeah. it's really good. It's re- it was really interesting. We got like the spike with the network, and then it settled, and then we had like the steady climb since. It was weird. It's like everyone was like downloading a bunch of episodes, but weren't really listening to all of them. And then they found their groove and then started, like, keeping up week to week. They figured out what shows they're into based on some of the stuff that they had pulled from the catalog. Which is why, like, those best of the weeks really took off. Like, those downloads went up. Man, and I'm telling you, I love the best of the week so much so that, and and, I want to mention that I went back and edited and reworked the intro. Now, your new intro for your other show, The Poor Report, which is every Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network, Cheap Pop, uh, you know... It just your episode twenty six was just yesterday and uh long episode, very intense episode. But let's get back to some foodies watching movies talk here. Next on the list is Ladybird. Now Lauren has seen Ladybird, you have seen Ladybird. It's on uh our list to see. It's probably like third in the once of what we want to yeah. watch what, next. What time. what have you seen from the best picture so far? You saw Get Out, uh-huh. saw Shape. Uh-huh. Um, is that it or do you have another get one? Get out, shape and I think that's it for right now. Yeah. So I know you saw. I know you've seen Florida Project and uh, I Tanya. Both were, I thought, what might have been Best Picture contenders, but ended up working out that way. So you've seen some nominated movies. It's just not the Best Picture lineup. Correct. And I also saw like the Disaster Artist. That's got a nom for Best Original Screenplay. I think. Yeah. I, I and that's the only nom. Yeah. And. Uh... No, I want to see three billboards, but Ladybird, go on with it, man. What did you think? Ladybird was really interesting. That's got Sir Sharonin in it. Yes, uh, where I've seen her, and she's done 
a few movies. She's been up for Best Actress before, too. Because she was, I saw her in Brooklyn, I think, two years ago. And she actually lost her native, I think it's an uh, Irish accent for that movie. She does have an Irish accent. Very like she, Irish. There's no, it's not like, when, you know when like like a British actor tries to play American, you have that subtle hint of like, that's not really English. It, it's just a little off, but like, you lose her completely. Like, I can she tell you're pretending. Like a, but like she, like you could... She sounds like a kid who was born and raised in Sacramento. Like, and it's it was it's a really wonderful story. It's just like a family that kind of is down there. Don't have a lot of money between them, but due to some circumstances, she's just going to like a uh, a pretty well-to-do private school. Okay. So has like rich friends and tries to like put on airs to like fit in and finds a group, finds a guy, finds a different guy, and it's actually really interesting. There's a lot of at least I know it's from the first day. There's a lot of actors that are in multiple Best Picture nominated films. Yeah. Because uh, Lady Bird has uh, three people that are actually in other Best Picture. Because you have, um, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, there's a boy, there's two boys in our class. Um, one of the kids is in. Three billboards as the son of the main character. Oh, sweet. And then Timothy Chalamet, who's the main character in Call Me By Your Name, is another of her. Like, both boys that she has, like, crushes on her in this movie. And then go on to do other movies, which is pretty weird. And then you got to talk about Michael Stuhlbarg, who's in um, Shape of Water, The Post, and Call Me By Your Name. And I don't know if you remember, he was uh, he was the scientist who had a heart of kind of a heart of gold towards the monster in shape of water. Yeah. Uh, D- uh, Dimitri, I think was his name, his, his Bob. Russian name, Bob, Bob, yeah, Bob, Bob, the scientist. Man. The... Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute too. So out of five, what are you, what are your thoughts on Ladybird here? Cause I, I'm, I'm intrigued yet again. Ladybird is probably, mm. it's tough though, because where I rate it, there's going to be some that I'm going to rate the same because they're excellent. But like, it, if I had to rank all the best pictures, it would fall differently. But I think it's probably four and a half out of five for me. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. So the next on your docket was uh, was three billboards outside of Ebbing, yes. Missouri. This movie has piqued my interest. I do actually know what the story's about. Uh, a young girl's murdered. And uh, the police officers in the county and in the state across the border doing nothing to really find her killer or do anything to help this family out. And the mother has kind of got sick and tired of the bullshit. And she says, fuck it. I'm going to call these bastards out in the biggest way possible. I'm going to throw up these billboards outside of my town that are going to just call out their injustices. And right. uh, I'm, I'm assuming, I do not know the story, but I'm assuming that something gets done. Um, that's why a story was told about it. Obviously, if a story was told about nothing getting done, it wouldn't be a story. It would just be nothing. So, right. Yeah, I guess getting right. Yeah, you pretty much got it right on the head. Like it's, yeah, it picks up. I think ten months after her daughter was murdered, and like the the trail just ran cold. Like they were investigating it for a couple months, couldn't find any. Ev- like couldn't find incriminating evidence to get someone blamed for it or get someone arrested and charged for it. So it just, that it was just a cold case at that point. 
and she wanted some kind of relief, so she decides to sell her ex-husband's tractor trailer to buy a month of billboards or buys like the down payment on a year of these billboards put up and you got Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell playing uh the captain and one of the deputies respectively and it's this little uh it's play it's a current movie like it's a like it's not a period piece it takes place like now but in like southern Missouri like kind of like almost like the south it's really interesting really it's based on a true story and how long ago was it i don't think it's i don't know if it's based on a true story you don't really it's not i don't think it is i thought that was a real thing that no i think that because it's up for original screenplay so it's not adapted from anything oh shit well that's crazy mark mcdonough wrote and directed the film that's awesome man well now i feel kind of dumb because i thought i was a little more learned i was like oh it's based on real shit it's not i mean it's it's probably there's probably things that have like uh maybe lent themselves to a story but i don't think there's anything that's directly loosely inspired it yeah maybe something that you saw like a headline you're like oh that's interesting and then flesh it out more or something totally but usually the surprise find in that is peter dinklage is in that movie really yeah oh man i bet he's awesome because he's great in everything. He's he's interesting. He's got a mullet and a mustache. Because oh, it's shit. southern Missouri in oh. an American accent. But oh, hey. Jesus. Uh, when you're the only midget in a small town in Missouri that's a little racist, you're going to have a fun time. Oh, man. I you're, you really need to try the movie. I think like, it was my favorite movie of the day. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe like, I'll push that that can be something that can be done tomorrow and we can... Like, hurry up and watch this movie. It would have been done yesterday, I guess, if you're time traveling. Like, I know before I saw the movie, I've heard there was um, people had problems with the movie regarding some of the subject matter and character arcs and stuff like that. But I saw it and I didn't see anything that I outright disliked about any of the story or the characters. It's it seemed very realistic like that and Lady Bird are very realistic stories like. It seems logical that a plot could go that way given the circumstances. Totally. Okay. Um, so I'll throw this question down as I've been doing. You got to rate it, man. And here's the question. I know what you thought of Get Out. So now you've got to put this this one up against Get Out. And with all the bells and whistles, where do you rank this movie? I mean, you told me when you got out of the showcase, you're like three, ebbing, uh, three signs is the one. Like, yeah. it's the one for me. Yeah, it's if Get Out is my five, Three Billboards is my four point nine out of five. Shit, that close, huh? Yeah, like it's and it's also it's timeline. It's like there's very it's similar yet different to Get Out in term. It's very timely, just like Get Out was. Like, and it, but in its own way, like it tells a very realistic story that you could see on headlines. So it's one of those things that is without intending to speak as a um, political chess piece, if you will, you know, like here's our movie championing this cause subversively through our theme. Uh, These are just good in the terms of, hey, this shit is real and this is how we have to look at things. Right. And like, did you even see like how they've used it in the current events and news and climate like they put up three trucks were had billboards calling out marco rubio in florida f- regarding the shooting 
like oh. legit like a same type of thing like calling him out like it's definitely a very timely and i think yeah it definitely deserves four but i if it doesn't leave with a couple awards next sunday i would be shocked i feel like next sunday is going to be a knockdown drag out battle between two movies and it's this one and the last one you saw in the showcase yeah. which is The Shape of Water. Now, you've already seen it once going into the showcase. No, I, I didn't see any of the movies. I also saw every movie Saturday for the first time. Oh, incredible. Okay. So now, let's do it. What are your thoughts on The Shape of Water? And we've already spoiled a lot of that in the episode, so we can talk right. about it a little bit more here. This is the after show, after party with AP right. and Nate. You're hanging out. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Compared to three billboards, Shape of Water is a lot more fantastical a story. Like Absolutely. you can't, there's like, it's not something that you can see as being something that's real, but it's also very much its own unique story that I've never seen anything that has genre bent like this. Okay. I, I want to hear you explain further how you mean uh, genre bent. Well, because it's, it's interesting. It's a period piece for one. Okay. It's it's a sci-fi movie. Totally, it's a bit of a romance story. It's a kind of a musical. There's a lot, a lot of facets to this movie, and I think it has some horror elements to it as well. It does also have some horror elements to it. Um, I guess now when you got me thinking about it, it gave me a little throwback to Stranger Things. Okay, it also has a little bit of a French film vibe to it. Veronica that's mentioned what, that. That's what Veronica's saying. I don't. I haven't seen enough French films to really be able to put it. In that category, I don't have big repertoire. I can pretty much tell you that a lot of French films are no fear on the sexuality and just right. being really kind of in the open with that kind of stuff. And that was definitely The Shape of Water. You know, it had some, you know, really um, pretty intense sexual scenes. Not yeah. like crazy, but you know what I'm saying. More than I was expecting, and some were a little jarring or unexpected. Yeah. It actually, absolutely. Like, like I don't ever need to see. First couple minutes, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be the movie I'm seeing." Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. And then you learn like the main character is deaf, and you're just like totally amazed and taken yeah. aback by the story. And it's a uh... one thing you didn't, I don't think you touched on really with when you started Shape of Water, but I think the first scene alone, where it's um, Richard Jenkins is narrating over the story, and everything's starting from outside underwater, and then everything. You see uh, Sally Hawkins kind of floating, and then everything kind of slowly falls back to place. And it's amazing the amount of digital effects in this movie that don't, or visual effects that don't actually seem like visual effects. Like a lot of stuff, like I was looking at a lot of the behind the scenes stuff in this movie, and a lot of stuff isn't actually there. Like a lot of stuff is digitally added after that. There's a lot more green screens than are you would think about for that wow. movie. That's actually really shocking. Because it looks like it's all very practical, doesn't it? But I'm guessing that like the entire lab is green screened. A good chunk of it. Um, yeah. Do you remember when uh, she's looking in the tank and the water's all splashing around and stuff? Uh huh. That water's not there. Wow. And like a lot of um, a lot of out in the city stuff is all not really there, which it's really interesting. That is interesting. I need you it's, to send me it, the links to the that. Yeah, I'll have to try and find that video. And did you also know that um, her 
not really her roommate, her like next door neighbor, who was played by Richard Jenkins. That part was originally written for Ian McKellen. Really? And I think I would be like I think I think Richard Jenkins is nominated, but I think if Ian McKellen was nominated in its place, I think he would have had a shot for winning based on his caliber of acting and what he could have done the same and differently with that role because a lot of that stuff I feel like is similar to his own life because I mean there's that homosexual relationship at the time when it's not okay I mean there's still segregation and absolutely and having to deal with that segregation and and trying to be just be yourself and being kind of shunned that um that movie was awesome what do you uh out of five I mean I'm curious I need to know this this is where it's gonna be it's at 4.9 out of 5, the same as Three Billboards. They're both at they're both at the very same caliber of movie, but very different in terms of plot, acting, visuals. It's really bizarre, but that's what, like, Liz came out of the movie feeling Shape of Water over Three Billboards for her. Because she just liked those kinds of movies more than I do. Now, we've talked about this before, and you don't really, you've said it, you don't typically emote when watching a film, but I have to ask, did Shape of Water get you? This, I was kind of surprised. This weekend, with a lot of the movies I saw, I had a lot of vocaliz not vocalization, but I had a lot of reactions. I had a lot of, like, putting my hands up, like, what in the, like, Phantom Thread did it for me. Uh, Lady Bird, no, Lady Bird didn't, and then uh, Three Billboards didn't, but Shape of Water had parts I was like, there's the very beginning, um, the fingers was a little, the point where like when he was <laughs> forcefully having sex with his wife oh, and then, like yeah. the blood when he just didn't stop and like blood was just like oh, yeah, on her face. Oh yeah, that was fucking gross. Uh, and just that whole scene of that with the candy and the weird Russian subplot around Michael Stuhlbarg's character, how they wanted him to kill the beast, but he didn't want something like that to die. And the whole thing, uh, I don't know if you remember when you watched the movie, how uh, since Sally Hawkins is mute, her character Eliza, how she described the fact that the beast actually had a penis, that it like opened up and uh-huh, slid. Yes. Yeah, I, like, I was like, oh, that's, there was a lot, like, I also felt a little, like there's parts I was like, why would you do that? When, uh, there's three things I hated about the movie, and that's just because of the things I like. When he, when the beast ate the cat, Damn I was like, it. oh, that sucks. When they flooded their apartment and water started raining down that really beautiful movie theater, I was like, oh, no. that's such a nice theater. And then when they wrecked into that classic car, I was like, oh, I just love that car so much. Why are you doing it? Okay, here's a couple things, because I want, I want to say that the car crash of those three things was my favorite, because serves Michael Shannon's character so right. You know what I'm saying? Like the heist to to free the beast and spoiler alert, if you're this late in the episode, you should already probably know we're talking about the shape of water. We're going to put it in the episode description, so fucking read, people. Um sorry, I I'm just being real. That's like how it goes, but uh right. This movie, you know, um when when they're going through the whole scene and it's like they got to make the escape and there's the they plant the thing on the fuse box and everything's timed and Octavia Spencer shows up. I loved her in this movie. I just want to mention again, she kills it in this uh, as this character, and um, 
you know, then they're all in it together, and then everything kind of goes mostly to plan, except for Richard Jenkins wrecking the fucking van. The worst right. possible moment. And I thought for sure, I was like, oh, one of these guys is getting shot for sure. Like, this is bad. And then it ended up not being bad so right. much. Um, Richard Jenkins, his characters had the worst luck. Like, every time I tried to paint something to give it to that guy to get his job back, they always had to change one little thing about it. And I was like, come on. And then he faked the uh, his little ID, and then it smudged, and then he almost got the car stuck. And I was like, oh, my God. Richard Jenkins is going to die not accomplishing anything. He's going to be the fallen hero. And then he actually got he had a nice bit at the end. He just, when he had that... I think it was a piece of wood or something. Just slam Michael Shannon across the face. Yeah, that was fucking pimp, dude. That last 20-ish minutes were fairly gory for a movie that I thought it was going to be. Not only gory, but, you know, I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought, like, again, spoiler alert, the beast get, gets shot. And I was like, fuck, they just killed this thing. And I kind of thought that's how it was going to end. Like, same. both of them just dead on the ground. I was like... And then Richard Jenkins. Well, but they, but I think Veronica said this very well too. Throughout the movie, planting the seeds that he has this regenerative or healing ability of some sorts, and it was unexplained, and they never really figured out how or why or whatever. I uh, loved, I loved Michael Shan's realization. It's like, oh, you really are a god, and then just that slash across the throat. And I was oh, like, yeah, and that was like almost uh, a and we will not be talking about this because I'm boycotting the show, but not the comic book. Uh, but it was very Rick Negan in the Walking Dead comics, where uh-huh. uh, which I can't really go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil that for people who aren't reading the books. I got you. Uh, but you know, uh, Shape of Water, there it just did it for me, man. That's all I can really say about that. Yeah, it it's it's a visually stunning film. Oh my god, I know one thing we talked about on the episode uh, earlier. Veronica and I talked about that I wanted to bring up to you. Did you hear about my Oscar party idea? within our within what we're going to be doing next weekend no okay well you had mentioned doing something like having lou malnati's and genos or you know and side by siding them but yeah. i thought why not take it a step further i've not ever had either pizza and i would like to do a blind taste test v wants to know if you guys want to do the blind taste test she will be like the administering mc because you know she knows both pizzas fairly well right and uh have us judge them based on taste and then try to decide if we can pick which was which right i probably wouldn't go that because i've had all of them oh shit see see but, but i know but i know me. but i know lauren has it oh so, so you could, lauren could go head to head on it oh that would be fun as fuck i would love to go mate we'll see if she'll throw down the gauntlet with me i think right. that would be cool yeah, um, we can always get like because there's three that are there's a gino's there's a lumanati's and then there's a giordano's that are buying me that we could get a the small piece from each one of them, and then just do a. That should fill the. Is uh, Sarah coming? Yeah, she'll be there as well. Obviously, so, Rock yeah, I don't we'll, know if she'll be on the episode, folks. We can't ever commit that the pod mother will do anything like that. But <laughs> well, I have to call her that because she like really birthed this whole thing when she told me that I needed to do a fucking show. It was her fucking musing idea that led me to all of this. So I got to. Why you should watch Mother? <laughs> oh no, I don't want to watch that movie. I heard it was scarring. Oh, it, you'll you might not be able to sleep very well the the night after you watch that movie. Really, that intense, huh? If you, it's a little graphic, but it's isn't it about think, like a terrible murder of a baby? 
that's in the movie, but it's it's all very much an uh, allegory. Okay. Everything, it's, I don't know. I didn't know that's what the movie was going to be, but if you can get past that, it's actually a really good movie. Fuck yeah. I'm I don't think it deserved to get a Razzie nomination, but I think just because people, some people just outright hated the movie at face value. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get you in the selfie so we can do this for foodies. There we go. We'll see if we can post that later. Late yeah. night podcasting with AP and Nate. I fucking love it, bro. Yeah. Uh, have you had any? You, you talked about steak a little bit. We just went to Mod Pizza. Have we talked about Mod Pizza with you ever? I know you guys have liked it. I haven't tried it yet. There's one by me that I really want to check out. It's I think so, Liz and I need to do it for a meal. Dude, it's so cool. Uh, honestly, like, you know, it, it's the subway of pizza. You get whatever toppings you want, man. Yesterday, the pizza I had had pepperoni, tomatoes, bacon, green peppers, mushrooms, roasted mushrooms, roasted garlic, regular garlic, red sauce, mozzarella cheese, uh, provolone cheese, not provolone, uh, Parmesan cheese, and um, I'm trying to think there was maybe one other thing. Oh, I think I did a dash of pepper. Oh, nice. Yeah. That does sound all really good. Oh, and it's so good. Is it like the... Is it the same price no matter what you put on it, or is it like you pay like it's the exact the same price no matter what you put on it? So essentially, That's like real. for an eleven inch, it's seven eighty seven. I think it's a good deal. It's not bad, and an eleven inch is two meals for me. Like I eat half of an eleven inch because I put a shit ton of stuff on it, you know. Because right, you, you fill get, yourself up on that exactly, and then have the other half as a leftover, and it's even better as leftover pizza, like reheated. Cold? No, Cold. reheated is because. Like the all the flavor sets into the crust, and the crust is awesome. They have a super fast cooking oven that's like fire; it shoots flames and shit. It's bad as fuck. Um, Very nice. Yeah, man. Uh, We love mod pizza. We're all about mod pizza. Yeah, I need to definitely check it out. Maybe Liz and I'll do it this week. We we also earlier in the episode we're talking about Movie Pass. Can you elaborate why your Movie Pass is cheaper? Why my movie pass? Is Didn't you say that you can get movie pass for like seven fifty or something now or some shit? Oh, uh, they're running a special. New subscribers can get it for seven ninety five a month. Damn. I don't. I have it for nine ninety five because that's when I got it. Uh, here in the next week or so, we're going to be ordering our years. There you go. You have to look and see if it's uh, cheaper if you do seven ninety five for twelve months or was it one fifty? No, was it ninety something it's for the not, year? It's not. It's eighty nine ninety five for the year. So it's probably still a better deal to do the year than eight bucks a month. Yeah. Also, I contacted the dude who created Movie Pass, who I learned also is a co-creator of Redbox and a co-founder of Netflix. Yeah, he's got a good background for this. Absolutely. He was on a he was on a podcast recently talking, and we covered well, that you know earlier. Did you? And stuff. Did you? Because you understand like what their their plan is? Because this isn't Movie Pass's end goal. No, they have a bigger goal, and it's to be able to market to the people direct the right way. Right. They, they want to, they want to make that. Well, basically the Netflix of movie theaters, like they want to gear you to the theater and the theater to you. It's very, they have their own ideas. They don't want to just be the cheap alternative to a movie. They're good. They want to be, um, they're Oak. What did they say that they are okay with breaking even because they want it to be something more. Right. This is just the first step in a bigger goal. Well, and they said like this is leading more people to the theaters, and that's where they hope to one day get a cons- uh, piece of the concessions because the movies are still making the same money, but you're getting a lot more people coming out. Like, I've gone to movies with Movie Pass where I've been one of four people in the theater for that specific screening. Hell yeah! And like, so- or sometimes I'm by myself. Like oh, I've been shit. to once. 
where it's like that movie would just sit empty if I wasn't there, and they still got money for that because they're still paying to show that do that showing. So oh yeah, that's true. You know, honestly, when you put it like that. Before we get out of here, got a couple other things. It's like this, uh, we're doing an after show, so we might as well give them a little bonus stuff. I told you before, I tried this new candy. It's called Super Lemon, and it is super fucking lemony, bro. Oh, my God. Well, I, saw, I saw your face when you were talking to me while you are doing it. You're just like, it was like, it kept hitting you while you were talking. Like, it you had d- the wave, and then it'd be like, you'd stop, and then, like, everything would sour, and then you'd keep going. And I was like, it's like a gobstock, but every other layer is more sour. Exactly. Or different sour. Exactly, and it is. It's multiple layers of sour. I got it at Second and Charles. They're like, I'm pretty sure they are legitimately imported from Japan because uh, all the markings on it are Japanese. I have no, uh, there's like, like I'm pretty sure there's like zero English on the actual bag except for where they have some of like the explaining. I wish I had the bag to show you because it's really funny because it's like a comic book. I'll take pictures and share them with you. That's good. Um but uh, th- between like the super the super lemon things and then um, you know I am lactose intolerant, but sometimes I want to kill myself. I don't mean that literally, but I mean that more in the food figurative sense. And uh, we've been on a Ben and Jerry's kick as of late, and I know they have dairy free Ben and Jerry's that I could totally eat and be cool. But fuck that because they don't have the tonight dough. And actually, I just tried from Ben and Jerry's the pint slices. Ooh, how was it? It's actually not bad. It's like they just. Literally, they took a Ben and Jerry's pint and just like cut it a piece out of it and then dip that in chocolate. Hell yeah! So I got the, uh, I think I got the cookie dough one, dipped in chocolate, and it comes like it's like you get like a like a um, like an ice cream bar. Sweet. Uh, we just saw those at the store yesterday, and uh, V was like, "Oh, they have Americone Dream. That's your jam." And I was like, "No, tonight though. I'm a Fallon, not a Colbert." <laughs> like. In terms of taste, not show quality. <laughs> totally, exactly, because I like the flavors of the Tonight Dough. I'm a big chocolate chip cookie dough fan. I love peanut butter cookies. I love peanut butter fucking ice cream and chocolate ice cream and chocolate chunks and brownie swirl within it. Oh, so good. Very good. What do you get? If you get a pint of Ben & Jerry's, what's your go-to flavor? Uh, I, think there was, I think it's the... I think it's the brownie bite one. I can't remember what it's called. It's uh, maybe it's brownie like, batter like, core. Yeah, no, something like that. It's got like brownie chunks and it. it's chocolate ice cream with like brownie pieces in it. Ooh, it's really good. There's a couple that have stuff like that. There's some similar, yeah. you know. There's so many different kinds of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I didn't even know, and then I like go down the rabbit hole and I'm like, oh, I want to try that one. Oh shit, I got to try that one. Need to try this like, one. You have ones with like so many different like some that are like just like. Oh, it's like this one, but they added cherries. Like, oh, I gotta try that. Like, yeah, it's always, it's always good stuff. And I just got a. So I'm not a huge cake person. I had cherry pie for my birthday, so I have like half a cherry pie in my fridge, and I'm just like, I'm gonna savor this. Hell yeah, cherry pie is delicious. Do you heat it up? Not always. Not always. Same. I'm I'm the same. It just depends. There's some foods that I will heat up my leftovers, and then there are other times, like. Let me tell you what, Guillermo del Toro, I ain't reheating those. They stank. I don't want that. Get that shit out of my house. Right. The leftovers are not my jam. But that mod pizza, oh, for all all days, I'm having it. Mod pizza's delicious. That's how I feel about Brussels sprouts. Great, fresh, not the oh. best reheated. Ooh, I totally agree with you. They're just soggy and bleh. Well, then the, the microwave smell is just like, 
No, I'm not feeling that. Now my microwave uh, smells like burnt piss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's kind of the uh, smell. I'm not going to lie. Can't, can't, take, can't take that to work with you. Like, no, you can't. Just keep, it's like burning popcorn. Everyone's just going to blame you. What do you got at work today, Carl? Uh, I brought salmon. It's fresh, delicious. What do you got? Nothing. I, I'm not eating today. You smell that? It smells like burnt piss in here. Are you sure you're not eating anything? No. As, as you're chewing, I'm not eating Brussels sprouts right now. Oh God, I actually love Brussels sprouts though. I'm a they're, big they're, I'm a big greens dude actually. Brussels sprouts, yeah, it's like the it's weird. Some of the vegetables I don't like, but it's like Brussels sprouts is like not everyone's favorite. I'm just like, hey, give me Brussels sprouts, give me broccoli. I'm I'm game. Like I had my when asparagus I had my asparagus is my other jam. Like I had steak, and then uh, side of like big chunks of broccoli and some carrots hell yeah oh, i don't necessarily i don't need a baked potato just give me some broccoli and carrots <laughs> i like that do you like asparagus it's all right so have you ever had pickled asparagus no it's interesting actually that, pretty good that is interesting i watched this channel where they have kids try weird shit and then they react to it and uh they had kids try fermented foods from around the world you know oh it was super interesting of course like sauerkraut is pickled or you know, it's it's you know, pickled cabbage. So it's ferment. It's actually like, a fermented food. There's like red cabbage and then regular sauerkraut. It's it's all interesting. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, you want to go ahead and get us out of here? Yeah. Do you want to do the plugs or should I? I'll let you do the plugs. You okay. Got this. Well, as always, folks, you can check out Foodies Watching Movies on all the different social media sites, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram at Foodies Watching Movies or Film Foodies on Twitter. We'll try to use it more. I'm sorry, folks. That's my fault. Um. And then we are also, obviously, if you want to hear the podcast, you got to go where you're going to hear the podcast, which is either journeyintocomics.com every other Wednesday opposite Journey Into Wrestling until the summer. And then I think we're going to be opposite like literature podcast or something. But uh, that's all future tripping, folks. And then obviously you want to go to uh, to the all the different podcasting apps whether it's itunes podbean stitcher radio google play music as we have stated we are on spotify but if you're looking for us and you're looking for foodies watching movies search for the journey into comics network on all your different podcasting apps and you can find us on there like i said every other wednesday or alternately you can go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics give us one buck you get early access to every episode as soon as it's done. This episode, as soon as I'm done doing it right now, it's going up on Patreon tonight, which is a day before it's going to go live for all you other motherfuckers. And then you're <laughs> going to be like, oh, man, I could have heard foodies a day earlier and been in the know and what have you. Um, or you can give us $3. And here's the cool thing. If you give us 3 bucks, you get exclusive content. Right now we're doing the Road to Infinity War. AP, we're almost up. Here soon. I know. March, uh, what's the date? March 14th, I think it is. Yeah, so I think uh, before our Oscars episode, I think we're going to get together and do that. Yeah, so it's, uh, we're going to be doing Age of Ultron, which is one of my favorite MCU movies, actually. I have a lot of love for that movie. First Ulysses Claw. Yes, it is. It's actually where he loses his hand. I know, that's interesting. Super interesting. Oh, Black Panther. Oh, man, that movie was no, so great. No, it's no. you have to watch now. You need to watch Mudbound. Sorry, Mudbound. Mudbound. Mudbound on Netflix. Because Mud, Mud, actually, the cinematographer for Mudbound is the same as Black Panther. Oh, that's awesome. And that's she's interesting. Nominated. You she's said, nominated for Mudbound. So you, it's... you said Black Panther, and now there's a cat on your fridge. 
<laughs> it was awesome uh, to see happen. Black Panther. You're like Black Panther and the and the his black and white kitty cat just or she's calico, it looks like maybe. Um wow, she looks like Ami, but with whiter feet. That's weird. You'll you'll see him next week. Oh, that's super cool. I can't wait to meet your kitty cat. It's gonna be a great time, bro. I'm so excited for our Oscars yeah. episode. Um, but as always, we were saying, folks, check us out on all the different places you can. Um, this has been episode 13 of season two of Foodies Watching Movies. I have been your host, Nate, alongside of Andrew Poor. And we will see you guys uh, in a couple weeks for the Oscars. Later. Woo-hoo.